Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. The time to waste went to the cross. Drunk for lies of his age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Father, for the days that we're in right now, we thank you for the refiner's fire more than anything. Father, we pray that you will instill upon our heart, impress upon our hearts the things that are not in perfect harmony with your will for us, and that you will turn up the heat on the fiery fires that are to try try us in such a fashion that we are truly refined enough that we could be counted worthy to escape all these things. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener to this program, whether they're listening live or to a recorded podcast, will bow their heads right now and pray in accordance in, in, in one accord with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, and by your mercy and loving kindness, we pray that you will account us all worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon this earth and stand before you. Jesus, the Son of Man, our King, our friend, and our bridegroom at the wedding supper. We pray this to you, Father, from the earnest, from the very depth of our heart, with the greatest of earnesty and and sincerity. Father, we pray that, again, that you would lift up before our hearts the things that we're unable to see, as your scripture refers to them, as as the secret part of our existence. And um, and uh, we know that we want even the secret parts of our existence to be clean and pure and holy and righteous, and we need your help, and we're asking you for it. Whatever the whatever the feelings are that enter into our heart, whatever the whatever it is, whatever the things that we think about other people that we should not, um, the frustrations that we feel carrying the burden of. The understanding that we have, while it's both a blessing, it, you know, at the same time, it's also a burden to to know the things that are happening around the earth, not just not just the stuff that shows up on the news, but the backstory behind a lot of it. And um, it weighs heavily on us, Father. We don't have anybody that we can 
fellowship with and share these things, sharing notes with one another to be able to discern whether we're being misled. And all we have is, you know, this program and some, you know, a whole bunch of enormous number of social media sites out there with people that are saying all kinds of things that we know are incorrect, like the 144,000 are the people that are going to be rapture raptured, which is absolutely the most historic travesty of biblical justice I have ever seen in my entire life. And Father, I just feel awful for the situation that's occurred on this earth. I guess there was no stopping it. You warned us about it in the Bible, and we're living it now. And we just lift up the people that are trapped up on the holy, uh, I'm sorry, up on the seven mountains. We lift up the people that have no choice in their hearts because they cannot deal with the idea. They they have to go into a state of denial. It's horrifying, absolutely horrifying for them to imagine being here on this earth for the things that we all see, or not all of us, but many of us see coming. And for that reason, they reject them, they turn their backs on them, and they put their belief in Men, men on the earth to, you know, without getting into all the dynamics, which you're so familiar with, Father, they put their trust in men instead of their trust in you. When During a time when we all should and must struggle to put our total trust in you, that we can live the scriptures, that they can be ours, that we don't just believe, but we know because we've lived it. We pray this in Jesus' name for all of us, that you will strengthen us, and not only in the days to come, but today. Strengthen us to overcome all the things that we're challenged by and lift your hands down into the well. Steady our course on that narrow path. Pull us up over the guardrail that we may have flown over and help us to make it to that place of glory. Indeed, to the wedding supper of the Lamb as part of your bride. We pray this with from the very depth of our heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? We got, um, once again, tons of stuff going on. Um, And I'm sure by now, I I can't even imagine in my wildest dreams that every single listener of this program is intimately aware of the things that are going on over in Israel right now. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to present the information that I have, um, a little bit of perspective that doesn't just come from me, but was confirmed by others. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, you decide, you take it before the Lord. If anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. First James 1, 5, I'm sorry, James 1, 5, praise God. And, um, it's, it's just you know, the things that we got, I, you know, the number one question that people ask me, I'm not at all surprised, is when, John, when? W- what is your, and then if I tell them, come on, man, my crystal ball is broken. You know, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, it's a joke, but, you know, this idea that somehow I know something, I have this sixth sense or Vulcan mind grip thing going on where I can just pull some magic number out of my head and say, oh, well, it'll be by, you know, November the 15th. And um, no, I won't do that. Um, You know, uh, part of the, you know, trials and tribulations associated with doing this program is that you learn over time that any time, any time a prophecy, dream, or vision mentions any, if it's even uh, like an inference, it you know i feel the prophet says i feel like this may happen before the end of the year or something like that toss it it's definitely not going to happen by the end of the year 100% for what this is worth now granted if 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 you give a bb gun to a blind man and you put him in the middle of a field and uh he needs to shoot a little pill bottle off of a, a fence that's uh 50 yards away if he shoots enough bb's Sooner or later, he's going to hit that pill bottle, at least theoretically. All right, praise God. But, um, you know, in my walk, uh, I was a rapture, rapture, major rapture predictor. Um, I jumped on every rapture bandwagon that there was on the face of the earth between 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. And it started to slow down a little bit. I started getting wiser. I was like, wow, I sure am wrong a lot. And um, and it wasn't that I didn't have other believers backing me. I certainly did. I brought many of them on the radio show, and they gave me all their elaborate mathematics and and, and you know books that they read, you know, you know, writ, uh, wrote. Yeah, see, I can't even talk. The books that they had written, and you know, the various chapters and the math behind it, and you know, none of it came true. Um, I'm not going to name names, but I mean, we've had. Uh, one particular guest we had on here, I think, three separate times, and his prediction was by 2020. So, um, you know, so I have the greatest of respect for people. I, I praise Jesus for them, our fellow brothers and sisters that go down that very risky path. You know, the Hal Lindsey, uh, the late great planet Earth path, path, the uh, 88 reasons why we'll be raptured by 1988 path. There's a lot of them out there that are still there today. And, um, you know, I'm still getting forwarded TikTok videos of uh, believers that are so sure that, you know, a certain date or a certain thing is going to happen by a certain date or time. Man, I just block them out, you know, because, see, the amount of information that we have right now is so overwhelming 
to just take the stuff that we know as a fact is happening, map that back to the Holy Bible, match it and correlate it to prophecies, dreams, and visions so that you can get at least a three-way match to some degree, that's a very daunting thing to do. That is super duper, duper, duper hard. And so when you're getting stuff injected into your head by, you know, folks, it really messes with your head bad. And I, that's one of the reasons why I've, I've had to push some of the people that I used to consider to be, you know, A-shelf prophets. I had to kind of not, you know, put them down on the D-shelf because you could tell that they were having conversations with the people on their Facebook page, with the people on their YouTube channels, because it was bleeding over into their prophetic word. And you could see it. And you were like, no, 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 no. This is not from the Lord. It would contradict scripture. And then you could just, you know, you, you put it down on the D-shelf. Maybe there's a little bit that you can pull out of it later, and it'll be meaningful. But you know, I, one of the things that I always, always try to do, and, and especially as I got a little bit wiser, you know, a few more frying pans over the head, a few more uh, cages full of crows that I had to eat, you know, I little by little, and I do mean little, I mean very little by little, nano little by little, okay, I slowly started to crawl out of that slump. I slowly started to get wise and say, wait a minute, these are all wrong. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, not only from going through it myself and being an active participant in it, but I can also tell you, because I have relatives today that I love very much, that are still there, that they, they weren't able to climb out of that trap, and they're still there. Um, so, you know, when I see them, I just have to love on them, and I, I, I just avoid it. I, I won't even talk about any of this stuff because um, over the last, well, 12 years um, plus with my family, you know, they just, you, you can say to them, you know, certain ones of them, you can say to them, doesn't it trouble you just a little bit that so-and-so hasn't been right one time in the last eight years? And then you'll get that look like, well, you'll see, Johnny. Well, you'll see. Well, I've gotten that well you'll see bit so many times that, you know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, and I'm talking about five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. Oh, you will see, Johnny. We'll see. The Lord is in control. We'll see. And here we are seven, eight years later and nothing. Just like Yukon Cornelius throwing his pickaxe up in the air. And coming down, hits the ground, he picks it up and he's like... Nothing. That's exactly what it is. It's nothing. And um, so anyway, um, you know, I, 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 all I can say is that at the point that we're at right now, what I, what I am personally seeing, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, is an endless stream, seemingly endless stream of information coming in usually in the form of a prophecy, but not always, sometimes in the form of a vision. And it said, it, every, it, the conclusion is always the same. Conclusion is that we should be watching and praying, watching the events that are occurring across the earth, reading our Bible, of course, so we're smarter and know where to plug them in. And then, you know, praying for the lost, praying for one another, but, you know, 
that's pretty much where we're at. I mean, unless you're going to go grab yourself, you know, buy yourself a 50-watt megaphone and go stand on a street corner and be ignored for, you know, eight hours after you go down to the courthouse and spend half a day there getting a permit, I mean, you can do it if you want, but I can tell you it's not going to bear much fruit, not today. What does always bear a lot of fruit is prayer. Prayer always bears unbelievable amounts of fruit. We've had prophecies that, um, even recently so, that have you know, said pretty much prayer is it. Prayer is the way to go. You know, pray for your loved ones now, even though you may not see any changes, ignore that. You know, don't pay attention to whether or not you're seeing changes in your loved ones while you're praying for them. Just keep on praying, and God promises that he will honor those prayers. It's not for us to worry about it. Oh, no, another Sunday's gone by, and little Susie hasn't given her life back to Jesus. No, that's not for us. That ain't for us. Our job is to pray. Our job is to keep our hearts and minds stayed on things above, not on things of this world, Colossians 3, 2, and to pray for one another. Speaking of which, please, if you can throw a few extra prayers my way over my job, this is going to be the hardest week I've had in in, in my career in 26 years coming up. Not to mention that my boss shortchanged me on probably about, if I was to venture a guess, at least 80 hours. Um, and when I looked at the actual chart, what he had allotted me, which I didn't do until I did my timesheet this week, I had to contain my anger. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. I'm used to taking the beatings. So we'll see if I, we'll see if I make it through this week or not. And if I, you know, and, and if things go awry and everything, then it's God's will. And if it's God's will, then, you know, it is what it is. And I, you know, so I praise God and I thank, and I, I do, I pray for every single one of you. You know, I do. And I thank you. I really, really thank you. And I am fervently praying for each of you to be counted worthy to escape all these things. None of us want to be here. None of us even want to be privy to a lot of these things. But you know what, if we weren't, can you imagine Wow. If we weren't privy to the things that we're privy to, where would we be? You know, I can tell you, I can give you testimony that I know people that have come. They would disappear. I used to talk to them almost like three times a week, and then they would disappear for years. And then things would start getting real bumpy out there in the world and all of a sudden they'd reappear and they would admit oh i backslid a little bit you know and they you know and i'm like man brother you don't want to be doing that but anyway and i get it i get it i know it's absolutely excruciatingly agonizing to know what we know to go through our daily life to get pummeled at work in impossible circumstances and try to keep our heads together. You know, and and I also am fully aware of people who are retired. Um they may have a you know a wad of money in the bank, but they are um they're still struggling. God's allowing them to be refined. They're going through all kinds of terrible things and they're working their way through it. We're all in different places in our walk. Praise God. So anyway, so, um, you know, it it definitely behooves us all to lean in on our prayer time and pray for one another like we've never prayed for one another before, because we're we're we've arrived. 
Um, I, I read already that one prophecy from Wings of Prophecy that says that we are in the sorrows period. You know, where Jesus said in the, you know, in Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13, he said, you know, don't, 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 you know, in so many words, he said, don't get to be in your bonnet about the things that you see when you see wars, rumors of wars, and all this other stuff happening. This is just the beginning of sorrows. Well, when I got that prophecy, it said that you're in the sorrows period, which I had already hypothesized and said live on the air. I was like, wow, wow, what a confirmation. So um, it is a... I will just say glorious confirmation, although very, very, very difficult to live with it, um, that we are in the sorrows period, which comes um, in the midst of the revelation. It, it, what it is, is the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. You have to remember the, if you don't remember this, I cannot help you. And please just, just forgive me. Okay, please just forgive me. But for those of old timers of us who've been around a while, we remember overhead projectors. We remember sitting in math class, some of us, and having the teacher, you know, in geometry or whatever, take multiple slides on a slide projector and he would put a, you know, whatever, hexagram or whatever, or a tetrahedron, and he'd put them over the, the slides on the overhead on top of one another, and he would rotate them so you could see the ge geographic relationship between, you know, what does a triangle look like when it's juxtaposed over a circle or a and all that other stuff. These, this is part of the way that they would do illustrative stuff in school. A lot of times I remember them doing that in my class anyway. Well, um, anyway, long story short, if you were to take the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Luke 21 and Mark 13, and you were to arrange them kind of like I'm saying now, I'm just trying to give you a visual here. It wouldn't work if it was text, of course, but you get the gist of my point, and that is you can take the Olivet Discourse and all three of those books and you can lay them, stack those transparencies on top of one another and put it right on top of Revelation chapter 6 because we got the red horse riding right now. As a matter of fact, again, it's very important um, that you understand that Jesus can come along and break the seal. Snap, 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 snap on all the scrolls. But it doesn't mean that the scrolls roll out first, the, the first scroll, then the second scroll rolls out, then the third scroll rolls out. It doesn't mean that at all. Jesus can pop the, the seals on all of them and they can roll out in parallel. And that is exactly what we have happening right now. We have the red horse in action. That's Russia. We now, granted, not, in, not nearly in as much action as we thought by now. That's for sure. Um, and then uh, we have uh, the global financial collapse, which is the third seal, Behold a Black Horse, where it says at the end, do, do not harm the oil or the wine, which is the bride. So the best estimation of a Bible-reading bride of Jesus would be that if you're not supposed to harm the oil or the wine, that the bride of Jesus Christ, the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and the grape harvest will all be on the earth at the time of the global financial collapse. We see all of it set up. We see BRICS. We see Saudi Arabia signing up with BRICS. We see the collapse of the petrodollar in action. We see all these talking head pundits, you know, like Glenn Beck 
you know, and Mark Levin and all these people just going, oh, no, if we lose the petrodollar, it's the end. Of course, it's followed up by a buy gold commercial. But um, but the point is that that's kind of like where we are. We're standing somewhere in the middle of Revelation chapter 6, watching World War III unfold, which is the fourth seal. World War III actually is the fourth seal, and then it blends over into the sixth seal. You'll note that in World War III that it talks about 25% of the earth experiences death because, the, you know, the rider of the horse is, you know, pale horse is death. You know, and when you do the, you know, you do a high-level space shuttle analysis of it or whatever, and you got, you know, the de- essentially the developed countries all but uh, China and Russia for the most part. But, you know, you've got New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the United States, and um, uh, the EU, which makes up about 25% of the earth. And they're and, and these, those that I have just mentioned are going to take a whooping. I mean, they better be Tom X. Watt. They're going to take a whooping in the days to come. Now, are we going to be here? How long are we going to be here past the global financial collapse? Nobody knows. We don't know. We have no idea. There's no way to tell. Um, once World War III kicks off and it becomes what Tucker Carlson referred to as a hot war, um, in other words, missiles flying through the air, just like in Psalm 91, fiery arrows, it calls them in Psalm 91. Those are missiles. So anyway, um, you know, when it turns into a hot war, we can really get ready because at that point, that's when we have too many. We, we Oh, my goodness gracious. Do we have so many? We got that little 10-year-old boy, that little 10-year-old boy who saw, um, before he died, he met with Jesus, and he saw, and he warned his mother that uh, there's going to be aliens coming down, you know, and invading the earth during World War III. Yeah. He called them demons, you know, but what would a little kid call them? They're demonic. They are definitely demonic, but they're not demons, Okay. But that's okay. Maybe we're just splitting hairs or whatever, and I don't want to, you know, anybody to get confused. But if you look up the two words, you'll see a distinct difference between the two. Fallen angel, fallen angel beings, fallen angels, are strange flesh, as it says in the book of Jude, and they're twice dead. Now, what twice dead means is that when you kill them, you know, like Phil Schneider did with his Walter PPK in the Dulcie Wars after he had his fingers shot off by our laser beam by one of the tall grays. The, um, you know, the the point is that if you kill them, they're soul energy goes directly into the pit, to hell, and just like the giants, they become demons. But they're ethereal in nature. They don't manifest in the flesh. They don't fly spaceships around. They don't. Demons don't do that. Demons inhabit us. We can't see demons. The only time that you can actually physically see a demon is if you're in some kind of a funky place that you shouldn't be in, like some kind of a seance, you know, lighting a candle and doing this Uga Chaga stuff. With, you know, you don't want to be doing that anyway. You don't want to see demons. I have a testimony of a lady who was in a hospital. I have a pers- personal friend that saw it with his own eyes, and the Lord lifted the veil from her, and she was able to see the demons in the room. Evidently, 
uh, again, this is just testimonial. It's not me. It wasn't firsthand me. It's just, you know, somebody told me. And they said this woman screamed so loud that they, I guess they had to sedate her or do something because she was wouldn't stop screaming, screaming at the top of her lungs. So um, they probably pedaled, uh, you know, wheeled her off to the psychiatric ward. Who knows what ended up happening? I, I didn't, you know, all I know is that when the veil came down, she screamed at the top of her lungs. It must have been absolutely horrible to see what she saw. All right, praise God anyway. So um, we got an awful lot to talk about tonight, and um, I'm going to go ahead and roll right into the news as fast as I can because of the limitations that we have on time. Now, uh, Zen and uh, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, Zen Garcia and Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh will be joining us at the 9 o'clock hour, as usual on these programs, which gives us a little bit of extra time tonight. So I'm just going to go ahead and lead right into it after we do a couple of jokes with the kids. Kids, are you ready? Okay, kids. Why did the pianist bang his head against the keys? Because he was playing by ear. <laughs> the pianist was playing by ear, so he's banging his head. Come on, you can. Okay. I was a little worried there for a second, but you got it. You got it. Okay, kids, what musical keys do cows sing in? B. Flat beef, flat. <laughs> Get it, kids? Beef flat. I could go for a giant hamburger right now. Oh, but I'm on my 16 by 8 fast. Oh, hey, I lost another 5.5 pounds this week. Wow. So if I am in, if I am unemployed in the next three weeks, at least I'll be thin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hallelujah. No, I'm 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 not wishing. I, I know that you guys are going to pray for me. I know everything's going to be just fine. I'm totally trusting God. I believe with all of my heart, and I'm not worried about it. But I do thank you for your prayers, and you are receiving them back. Hallelujah. Next one up, kids. Whoa, hey, who put the rim shot? That was too soon. Are you ready, kids? Kids, kids, what is a skeleton's favorite musical instrument? A trombone. <laughs> I actually have a trombone right behind me here on the trombone stand. Kids? All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And now for, believe it or not, a prophecy. This is from Wings, and the title's called Refining, and I think this one is kind of custom written for us all. My children, I desire that you would examine your hearts and seek out any sin that might be lurking there. In this way, you may avoid painful refining that will follow if I must do this for you. And I, by the way, just as an FYI to all the listeners, I invite the refining fire. But then I look over my shoulders. <laughs> if you know what I mean. But anyway, and the Lord has let me have an abundance of it, I can assure you. Okay, and he goes on to say, in this way, again, you may avoid painful refining that will follow if I must do do that for you. 
There will be intense refining of my children in this time that I may call you home to me without reproach. I will refine you and then refine some more. You will desire, I, I, I'm sorry, you will desire that I would stop refining you. Yet, I will refine you even more. Boy, that, just to hear that exhausts me beyond words. In the end, you will be refined as gold, a good representation of myself, that unbelievers may see how you behave in Christ and believe. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I thought that was worthwhile for all of us. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And on that note, let's move into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to have to scroll way in on this because, okay, here we go. All right, so all of you ought to know about this by now, but we're going to touch on a couple of the key headlines. Israel's at war with Hamas after unprecedented attacks. Right now, the body count in Israel from the Hamas surprise attack is at about 700. Um, that, a good number of those are military. Um, and at the last count I saw was 400 uh, on Hamas, uh, well, on the Palestinian side. We'll just put it at that because, you know, unfortunately, there's going to be collateral damage, especially because Netanyahu is called a state of war. That changes all the rules completely. All right. And we're going to hear a lot of people complaining, and as they always do. All right. But anyway... Praise God. And some of the reports are explosions, explosions were heard in central Israel's Hamas claims to target Ben Gurion Airport. Another report is at least 260 bodies found at a music festival site after uh, in Israel after Hamas attack, rescue organizations say. I don't know if that's on top of the 700, so it's, it's real bad. I spotted this attack taking place very, very early in the morning on Saturday. And I couldn't believe my eyes. And the the graphic nature of the videos that were surfacing on Twitter were was horrible. It was really, really horrible to see it. So anyway, um, next headline up, praise God. United States sends warships ammunition to Israel after the surprise attack. Death toll may include Americans, according to recent updates. Now, this here, by the way, is a report as late as 5 p.m. today from USA Today. So that's kind of a recap at where we stand as of now. You know, give or take. All right, praise God. But I wanted to weave that in there so that, you know, we kind of have a summary that we can embrace for whatever is going to start happening tomorrow, which we don't know. Another headline, praise Jesus. Al-Zir reports, Israel-Hamas war is live. Israel declares a, quote, state of war, which I remember the split second that Netanyahu came out and made the proclamation 
that we are, he said, is something along the lines of we, this is not a drill. This is not a police action. This is not any of this stuff. We are at war. Because he had to get across to the people in Israel who they're used to missile alerts. They're used to that, you know, Iron Dome going off. They don't like it, but they're used to it. And Netanyahu had to make it clear to them that people are getting slaughtered because this would not be the normal assumption that a and a person who lives in Israel would adopt. They wouldn't adopt that. They wouldn't think that was the case. So he really had to drive it home, and it was, uh, you know, a monumental uh, moment. All right. Now, in the middle of all this going down, there was a person who was doing research, uh, deep dive research. I forget her name, and it's okay. It'll probably pop up. It doesn't matter. It's just a Twitter handle. But anyway, so one of the things that I started to bring up, actually, I knew about these things when I was talking to one of my sisters up in Pennsylvania on the phone before the Twitterites started to put their commentaries that were confirming it. So uh, long before I had actually seen the Twitter posts saying what I knew was true, I was already saying this to my sister up in Pennsylvania about an hour prior. And uh, here's a a list of bullet points. It appears to be a pre-planned inside job. Okay? Hold that thought. Again, it appears to be a pre-planned inside job. And by the way, uh, just so you know, Netanyahu even said in his speech, this is Israel's 9-11. And I'm thinking, warning, warning, Will Robinson, Illuminati speak, Illuminati speak. But you don't have to know how to read Illuminati or hear it. The next bullet point is the Israeli Mossad would never, ever, 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 ever be caught off guard for such an attack. In fact, there was a member of the Israeli Mossad, or at least somebody who had worked directly with them as part of their IDF assignment, who said that her duty, you know, when she was in the IDF for five years, was to stand outside the gates and the walls of Gaza. And they would monitor. She said her exact words were, a cockroach could not get – I don't know exactly what she said, but something along the lines of a cockroach couldn't get anywhere near the fence or the wall without us knowing way in advance that it was heading toward the wall. So that was her uh, you know, way of driving the point home, that in her opinion there was no possible way in heaven and earth that that could have happened. What happened – was impossible, but it happened. The next bullet point is the Mossad knew months ago that this attack was coming, and so did Netanyahu. It appears to be a type of flanking maneuver by Obama, the World Economic Forum, to draw Russia into World War III. Pay very close attention to what I just said, because that is Vitally important to get this dynamic. The West has failed to lure Putin into World War III no matter what they do in the Ukraine. And Putin is on to them. 
and he will not respond. He will not, not, not respond. It appears that what we're seeing here is a flanking maneuver to pull World War III to go live. And I'll explain that in a little bit. Iran is arguably Russia's strongest ally. Now, remember that almost all the drones, all the kamikaze drones, all the advanced drones, all the stuff, you know, pretty much the vast majority of the drones, the really good ones that, you know, that Russia's been using against Ukraine, they're being provided by Iran. It's very important to know because in Russia's opinion, Iran is a major ally, major ally. Make note of that. Then the next bullet point is war in Israel, like Pearl Harbor, causes countries to say things like, we must attack, we must help them. What a lot of people don't know is Theodore Roosevelt was a 33rd degree Mason. Henry Wallace, who was his vice president, was a straight up Satan-worshipping occultist, baby-killing blood drinker. And, and the $1 bill of the United States of Babylon the Great was created by a man named Nicholas Rorick, who they referred to as the guru. They, 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 these, were, these people were so deep into Satanism that, you know, it, 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 words cannot describe. I'll just leave it at that. So the rowing up of the battleships in Pearl Harbor, the provoking of the Japanese Navy to attack Pearl Harbor, and the intentional uh, uh, stand-down order that was given to the Aleutian Islands military base that had radar and spotted the Japanese fleet heading to Pearl Harbor, and they told them, oh, no, 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 that ain't the Japanese fleet. Pay no attention to that. Okay, hopefully you're getting this. At some point or another, when they decide they're going to send us to war, whoever these entities are, they, they do it. They stage an attack. They make everybody go, oh, no. And next thing you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, Sally, and Frank is signing up for the military because they want to go in and serve their country. I remember how patriotic I got after 9-11 before I knew that those buildings were brought down by controlled demolition. I was very patriotic. But it would have been uh, satanically displaced patriotism. And it's so sad how many people have given their lives and had body parts blown to shreds because they believed in what they were doing. That's sad. But it happens. And just another wonderful thing, praise you, Jesus, that we can pray for. So many people need to be prayed for. I mean, really, it's a full-time job nowadays. All right, praise God. Putin that you can believe, I said, in this particular list, is on the phone right now with Iran telling them, stand down and don't respond. You can believe it. All right. I, as my mom used to say, I bet dollars to donuts that Putin's on the phone with Iran telling them to stand down. All right. And then I, the next one was the Obama World Economic Forum needs World War III so the world slaughters each other. They can't, they can have as many pandemics as they want. They're not going to reduce 8 billion people to 500 million. They need World War III. They need us to kill each other. They have no intention of taking our guns away. They want us to go buy more guns and more ammunition. Okay? See, when you know what the end game is, it, it's kind of like, oh, all of this appears to be pre planned. 
It really does. All right, so we're going to go into more headlines. Um, oh, and uh, let me see here. Yeah, I'm not going to read the last few bullets. They're irrelevant. I already covered them. All right, praise God. So as of yesterday at 3.30 p.m., this was the update. Uh, this uh, particular lady puts up, I am uh, in a space listening to developments as they are happening so far. The jails in Israel have been broken into and the Palestinian terrorists have been emptied out from them. The United States Embassy has been told employees uh, and all Americans to shelter in place and do not leave. All airports in Israel have been closed. Netanyahu has called up all reserves. He is promising swift and devastating action. Palestinian militants want this to grow into a regional war and are pushing Lebanon to get involved, which they are, which they are. Experts predict a larger war may evolve, which it will, which it will. Uh, It's highly unlikely that it won't. Let's put it that way. I don't want to eat any more crow. Let's just say it's highly unlikely that it won't. Allegations that Israel does not have their full force of ammunitions um, uh, because they have been giving it to the Ukraine. Oh, no, you say. (laughs) Does that remind you? Okay, and then you've got um, militants have infiltrated Israelis' military facilities where troops are, have kidnapped four military people, and killed the rest. Intel experts say this scale of an attack had to have been planned for quite some time, and it's unheard of that Israel nor the United States was aware. That is absolutely a fact. And it says over 5,000 missiles have been used in the attack, and it is ongoing. Guess what else is an interesting coincidence? Excuse me, because I am having the hiccups in a big, big, humongous way, we'll say. All right. Coincidentally, the Iron Dome missile system wasn't working on Saturday. Explain that one, Gomer Pyle. I'm sure that was just someone tripping over a power cord. Not. All right. Another headline up. The United States Secretary says Israel will, will be given whatever they need. Breaking. United States Secretary Austin says the Pentagon will work to ensure Israel, quote, has what it needs to defend itself, according to Reuters. You know, Reuters and the AP, both owned by the Rothschilds Banking Corporation. You can trust what they say, winky wink dink. All right. Um, then you've got uh, NBC reports talking about this. It says uh, this particular person, who, individual on Twitter, calls themselves the shadow of Ezra. They get a lot of really good stuff, so I, I pay pretty close attention usually. But anyway, he's like, what happened to the Iron Dome? Yes, amen. Check the box. It is um, Israel's one of the most protected and well-funded nations in the world. Amen. Check the box. There is no chance that the cavemen invaded them by land, air, and sea without them knowing it. Amen. Check the box. And they either let it happen or they made it happen. Amen. Check the box. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I know. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. And then it says here, Israel Israel officially declares war after Hamas attack as security cabinet invokes Article 40, Aleph, for the first time after 1973, the prime minister asks Palestinians to leave the Gaza Strip. Okay. Now, you have to understand, they're trying to get the Palestinians out of the Gaza Strip because they're going to level it. They're going to level it. Okay. You heard it, believe it. It's going to happen. I've, I've, I've even seen some videos where there were like, I don't know, I didn't count the actual floors, but it looked to me about eight 
story tall skyscraper buildings, whatever you want to call them, just crumbling to the ground like 9-11. <laughs> and, you know, the only difference is that this is not controlled demolition any more than, you know, shooting very, very powerful uh, missiles from F-16s or whatever they're flying uh, into the base of the mountain, or not the mountain, into the base of the um, skyscraper. Whole thing just collapses down. All right, another headline. Let's check this out. Breaking news. Netanyahu announces that Israel is starting a blockade of Gaza and will cut it off from all electricity, all fuel, and all goods that are coming in. Okay, it says coming in from Israel. Um, Now, they have tunnels and things that they can get stuff through from Egypt and some other sources as well. But um, it's kind of beside the point. All right, next one up. All right, Israel blames Iran for the Hamas attack. At least 300 Israelis are dead at, at the point of the writing of this article. Now it's up to 700. By the time we wake up tomorrow, it'll probably be well over 1,000. Because remember, when they were making these these body count announcements, they hadn't even gotten into the southern parts of Israel in the, in the kibbutzes that were slaughtered. They hadn't even gotten down there yet, I don't think. All right, so, you know, this count, the the body count's going to be going on for a while. And now we're talking about urban warfare. Urban warfare is a worst-case scenario. You don't, as a warring nation, you want to avoid urban warfare as much as you possibly can. This is one of the reasons why it took Russia forever to get Mariupol and to get some of the other uh, towns that they captured because it was urban warfare and they had to bring in the Chechnyan troops because they're the world's greatest urban warfare warriors. And it takes a long time to get the infestation of the uh, enemy out of these towns when they're hiding in bedrooms and in people's houses and all that kind of stuff. Or in, uh, you know, metalworks mills like they did in Mariupol. All right, so anyway, um, let's move on. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we go. Will Israel attack Iran? What to know about Netanyahu's military posturing? So, you know, I'm not going to read any articles about that because at the end of the day, it doesn't just have – it's not up to Netanyahu. It's, not, it's up to our Heavenly Father, really. At the end of the day, it's up to our Heavenly Father. Now, if our Heavenly Father has lifted his hand of protection off of this situation – then, yeah, it's up to those who are executing the war at that point and whatever saint wants to inject into it as well. Another headline up. Hezbollah is now exchanging military fire. So Hezbollah is Shiite, and they're allied with, you know, the Muslims that are typically associated with the northern parts of that region. And then Hamas is uh, Sunni, and they're typically affiliated with, you know, those who are part of the southern nations of the Middle East. You know, sort of like Saudi Arabia, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if I got that mixed up upside down or sideways, forgive me, but I think I have that right. Now, not that it really matters all that much, because when they unite against a country like Israel, they they put down their differences. Okay, so this headline from Reuters says, Israel, Hezbollah, exchange artillery and rocket fire on the northern border. Okay, and this just came in today. All right, so anyway, I look at my time. I believe I have time to cover the rest of the news pretty much. I hope. I really hope I do. But I want to play 
a good chunk of this snippet. It is long, but boy, oh boy, did Alex Jones is way ahead of himself. All the things that I was predicting and telling my sister, I talked to Stephen Ben Noon. Stephen Ben Noon said, oh, no, 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 this is this is a false flag. And I said, I can't believe you just said that. I was just telling my sister the same thing 15 minutes ago. And he's like, yep, nope, false flag, false flag, absolutely false flag. There's no possible way. And I'm like, no, I knew it. And sure enough. But anyway, let's go ahead and listen to what Alex Jones said on his Saturday emergency broadcast. I can't play the whole thing for you, but I can play a lot of it. It's got some super good stuff in here. All right. So let's go into this right away. Here we go. This book, The Great Reset and the War of the World, was a number one national bestseller. Now we have its companion, thicker, more powerful. It's Saturday, October 7, 2023. It's 12.40. We're launching an emergency broadcast now. To tell everybody you know, tune in now. This is critical information. Awards, the most banned network in the world. Well, the crew was going to get a day off today, but I called them and they came in, and I really appreciate them because I woke up at about 5 a.m. this morning, and Hezbollah slash Iran had launched a massive attack in the south of Israel, in the central areas, and in the north with kamikaze paragliders, with kamikaze drones, with thousands, over 5,000 missiles. Biggest attack on Israel in decades. Now, there's a lot of news and a lot of coverage of this. In less than 10 hours, we've seen more coverage of what's happening in Israel than what we've seen in a year and a half in the exploding war between NATO and Russia in Ukraine. Israel at war, Hamas surprise attack, at least 100 killed, 1,000 wounded, it's going to be a lot more than that, many hostages taken, young and old Snatched off the street, Israel calls up all reserves, calls for dual citizenship citizens in other countries to come to Israel for the fight. They're handing out automatic weapons and grenade launchers to the general public. The Hamas Palestinians have poured across to the Gaza Strip into southern Israel and launched attacks all over the country, particularly overrunning many miles into southern Israel. And now the Israeli defense forces are having to go through it block to block in heavy house fighting. But before I drill through all what's currently happening, let's let's get the big takeaways here. First off, and I'm not attacking Israel here, but I'm stating a fact, there is no way that Shin Bet and the Mossad did not know that Iran, who's running this, was gearing up for this. This is a massive attack with tens of thousands of militia soldiers, over 5,000 missiles and growing, hundreds of men on paragliders coming in, um, groups in motorcycles and bulldozers smashing through barbed wire and walls. This is massive. And, of course, they struck during the, the, the Sabbath on Saturday uh, when they would have lower levels of security forces but if you don't think that that border between Gaza Strip and Israel isn't the most militarized on the planet, you're not informed. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying that isn't a real Hezbollah attack. I'm not saying Iran isn't behind it. Of course they are. 
Uh, I think it's a terrible situation. It's escalating out of control. But the big takeaway here is they're calling it the biggest intelligence failure in Israeli history. Just like 9-11, the biggest intelligence failure in U.S. history. But they had nothing but thousands of warnings and knew the exact specifics, and there were stand-downs taken. This will definitely help Benjamin Netanyahu, who was about to be ousted from power. Israel's devolving into a totalitarian state, according to the majority of Jews. You ask, well, why can't they vote out people? Because it's just like Trudeau. About 30% of the vote in Canada, he can do it with a coalition government, with a whole bunch of sub-parties. He can add their support, and he's the prime minister. And, I, and I'm not here even demonizing Netanyahu. It's the Jews. 60-plus percent in Israel are pissed off at Netanyahu, the different things he's been doing and the lockdowns and the Pfizer rollout and, quote, judicial reform. So there's a lot of moving parts here, but let's pull back from those. Those are big, but they're still penultimate, meaning not, not the number one issue. The number one issue is Biden gave $6 billion last month of frozen assets to Iran. President Trump predicted, and I have his predictions right here, that within a few months, Iran would attack Israel. We got footage in Tehran, it's on screen, uh, where they were celebrating uh, the attack today. There's video out of Yemen with millions in the streets celebrating a lot of really dramatic footage the Palestinians are celebrating. Now, I want to be clear, depending on which side you're on, both sides have beefs with each other. And I, I'm not an apologist for Israel. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not also an enemy of, of Israel, and I understand Israel's perspective. I am also uh, not an enemy of the Palestinians, but the rest of the Arab countries use that giant population that's growing and growing that they won't take into their own countries as a proxy state, just like China uses North Korea on us. So I'm trying to be a political atheist when it comes to this so I can cold-bloodedly analyze what's going on in real politics. And that's what Henry Kissinger calls it. I don't agree with the mindset of real polity, where you just sociopathically look at the world, but I look at it like that through the globalist lens to understand what's the bigger picture? What's the Hegelian dialectic? What is this going to lead to with Israel leveling apartment buildings? And obviously it's going to kill, I, I would imagine, tens of thousands of people. Thousands of people in Israel are obviously uh, probably already dead or about to be dead. Thousands and thousands wounded. They got overrun at least five, six miles. And that's a lot, Israel's little bitty, into Israel. I mean, this is a war. And I agree with uh, Hezbollah when they said, this is war, we declare war. I agree with Netanyahu when he said, this is a war, because this is a war. So, bare minimum, the Israeli military and Mossad knew that a big buildup was coming. And they may not have known the exact moment, but there's no way to have tens of thousands of people that participated in this, tens of thousands, on the uh, Arab side, on the Muslim side, on the Palestinian side, on the Iranian side, on the side of the occupied areas or unoccupied or, or, or those different zones with the expanding Jewish settlements going into them. So no one can debate that Benjamin Netanyahu was given briefings in the last week that an imminent attack, a massive attack was coming. They've got Arab spies all over the Gaza Strip to the south and the Golan Heights to the north 
and all the rest of it. You can't swing a stick in the dark and not hit an Israeli asset. Okay? So the fact that the Israelis didn't know this was coming is balderdash. No one has got better signals intelligence than the Israelis. They are jacked into the telecommunications system worldwide. They're basically bigger than the NSA. And so that needs to be investigated. Now, let's talk big picture. When the minute I woke up this morning and saw this, I thought, wow, Iran is trying to draw Israel into a full war. They think they're ready. And sure enough, later, the mullah, the mullahs were like, we want a full war with Israel. We're ready. Why are they ready? I was told by high-level individuals over a decade ago that Iran already has atomic bombs. And that's one reason Israel and the U.S. haven't moved against them. It's all we got to stop them from getting a bomb. You know, technically, fact checkers say Jones is wrong. Iran doesn't have a bomb. I saw a guy on Joe Rogan last month attacking me saying, Jones says a lot of stuff that's true, but I heard him say a decade ago that Iran has atomic bombs. Well, buddy, you don't know people flying around in the airplanes and that have access to the satellites like I do who told me they have the signature scanners, particle scanners that tell them that they've got atomic bombs. Okay? And, and so we'll just see who's right in the end. But the point is, to all the fools that don't think Iran has nuclear weapons, no one knew India had them for a long time. No one knew Pakistan had them for a long time, decades ago. And it turned out they'd had them for decades. And you don't think it's only Americans in the 1940s that can make an atomic bomb. They got smart people, okay? The Persians are smart. The Indians are smart. The Chinese are smart. The Pakistanis are smart. They got some of the best mathematicians, okay? So we kind of get arrogant here in the West and think brown people can't come up with weapons, and that's horse crap, okay? So here's the bigger takeaway. We are officially told that Israel doesn't have nuclear weapons. They've had nuclear weapons since 1964, at least. They've got thousands of them, and they've got submarines, and they've got fighter bombers, and they've got cruise missiles, and they've got thousands of nuclear warheads. Israel is arguably the fifth largest nuclear power in the world. So let's just get that straight, too. And we can have somebody go on Joe Rogan and say, Alex Jones doesn't know what he's talking about. Israel doesn't have nuclear weapons. Yes, they do. Let me, let me tell you something else. Saudi Arabia has nuclear weapons. They've had them for at least 30 years. George Herbert Walker Bush allowed them to get multiple warheads, according to my sources, as a deal for some of the things that went on in the Middle East. So these things are proliferated all the time. South Africa secretly had nuclear weapons under apartheid. Nuclear weapons are all over the place. I mean, look at this article. The U.S. discovers Israel's secret nuclear arsenal. And that was just a few years ago. Absolutely ridiculous. Their different operations, different Israeli documents have leaked by people in the Israeli government decades ago that were concerned about this because they've got the Samson option. They've got the Gideon option. And these are the names of secret Israeli nuclear war doctrines. They have a nuclear war doctrine with Europe, a nuclear war doctrine with Russia. They have a nuclear war doctrine with Saudi Arabia, a nuclear war doctrine with Iran. Do I have to remind you what Samson did? 
He brought down the temple and his eyes have been gouged out. If you believe the old fable and collapsed it all himself and killed the bad guys with him. What did uh, Gideon do? I mean, you know, they have the Masada option. And and these are all doomsday scenarios uh, that Israel has in place. So I'm historically and militarily informed. And your average talking head on television is not and has no idea what's going on. So over 5,000 missiles and counting, that, that number's a couple hours old. They say more are raining down right now. And some of them are larger than the past ones. It's killed a whole bunch of people, cars, buildings, you name it, are on fire. But that was the artillery distraction for the overrunning of much of southern Israel by forces of the militia of Iran known as Hezbollah, Hamas. I know they're, I know there's two different groups, but it's uh, Hezbollah and Hamas. The point is, is that this is all very, very, very upsetting and dis- disgusting. And guys, pull up the definition of Hezbollah for me, print it up, and the definition of Hamas. One's the Sunnis, one's the Shiites. And uh, sometimes I flip names around and things like that. But uh, Hezbollah works for Iran. Hamas is the Sunni-backed one. And that's what I'm saying. And I'm sticking to that, even though people are popping in my ear telling me the opposite. So continuing here, ladies and gentlemen, the point is, is that this is all unfolding right now. And Iran is celebrating it, and Iran is basically taking credit for it. And so regardless of what you think of Iran, whether you like them, hate them, or indifferent, I'm neutral on the thing. I want to stop World War III. And we have Iran helping Russia with drones and all the rest of it. But you can see how this war is expanding with this coalition of Russia, Iran, China, and now North Korea, and then financially, you've got Brazil and India and the BRICS nations teamed up with China and Russia. And so the U.S. policies, the U.S. policies that are taking place here of giving $6 billion to Iran last month is definitely part of this. Here's the Times of Israel. Hezbollah praises Hamas's attack, his message. Arab countries normalizing ties with Israel. But you notice what I'm saying is, is the Israelis are saying Iran is behind this, not even so much Hamas. And yes, obviously Hamas is a big part of the whole thing. What I'm saying is when it comes to attacking Israel, the Shiites and the Sunnis end up joining forces. So yes, technically you can say both ways are right. Hamas is the Islamic resistance movement, Palestine, Sunni Islamic fundamentalists, militant and nationalist organization as a social service wing, Dawa, and is a military wing. Then you've got Hezbollah, which is Lebanese Shia, Islamist political party and militant group. And again, that's backed by Iran. Uh, but my point is, is that I do agree with Israel that this is Iranian at the end of the day. 
Uh, the news is trying to say that it's uh, mainly Hamas, because that is the main group that's in control there in the Gaza Strip. And, and, the, and the crew member popping my ear to make sure I get this right. He's been in the U.S. military and worked over there and was a translator. They certainly know more about it than I do. My point is, is that the two groups are connected at the hip, and uh, that is what is going on here. So the big takeaway is whether you are in any of those different Middle Eastern countries or whether you're in Persia, which is Iran, they are celebrating it. In fact, I've got some footage here of the celebrations. That's clip 12, 2, and 4. Let's uh, go ahead and roll those clips. All right. So anyway, at this point, you got the gist of it. Um, it's a great audio bite that goes on for a while. He brings on a guest later and everything, but I think you got the the most important data from him and the supporting headlines, which, by the way, aligns up perfectly with the analysis of some of the people on Twitter, what I was telling my sister about 20 minutes before I talked to Stephen Ben Noon, who confirmed the same thing as well. Um, now, what's really important, though, I think is hasn't been discussed that much. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, as a matter of fact, the headline underneath this particular uh, band video Infowars AV segment is this quote: "World War III emergency broadcast attack on Israel will lead to a wider war with Iran." Okay, so um, make no mistake, this is, you know, there are those of us, I was one of them, I was, you know, for what it's worth, uh, Saturday morning, very early in the morning, I was um, telling people, I was talking to people and sending text messages, I'm like, this is, this is about, this is a flanking maneuver, I don't know if you understand flanking in military terms, but it's a go around, that's what they do. So when you when you got, you know, soldiers on the opposite side of the field that are fighting against you and you're on the opposite the other side of the field and you're shooting back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then all of a sudden you start to see some of the soldiers running around to your left from the enemy's force. They're going around to your left. That's what's called a flanking maneuver. They want to be able to shoot at you from two different directions and if they flank you, you're dead. You're not going to you're not going to survive. So they've got to stop the flanking maneuver. But anyway, so there's your example of a flanking maneuver. Now, yeah, I, I hope that you are able to piece together the logical conclusion. So the West has been – so what's the big – what is the end game? What's the goal here? Global reset, CBDCs, digital ID, mark of the beast. That's the end game. The end game is reduce the global population down to 500 million, institute along the journey the mark of the beast, which we already see the infrastructure from the graphene oxide and everything else. It's all in place. We're there. We're just a few pieces of the puzzle away from complete consummation. That's how close we are. Okay, so I wanted to make sure that the end game was emphasized. 
because the West, Obama, the Antichrist, under the direction of you know King Charles and the and the Dracos that are ultimately on the board of directors of Satan directly, they're taking orders, and that's to get the global reset moving. And in order to do that, they got to get us to kill one another. So war is absolute. Civil war is even better when combined with war because everybody's shooting each other. And in China right now, they have um, these pieces of equipment. They're heavy machinery, and they just drive around town, and they scoop up dead bodies. So that's the whole purpose of this piece of equipment is to scoop up dead bodies. It's a cadaver scooping gizmo. I don't know what they call it. Okay, but it's it's a pretty big, heavy-duty machine. goes around, picks up dead bodies laying on the ground. We're going to see a lot of that here, I can tell you for sure. All right, and in other countries, in Europe as well. So, you know, do I tell, when they ask me, when I get, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but I'm just saying, when somebody pins me up against the wall and says, John, when's it going to happen? 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 When, 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 when? And I just tell them. Chill out, relax, be about your father's business, soul search yourself, look for things that aren't right, ask Jesus for help, praise, ask our father for help, and praise, and pray for more help, and then praise, 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 thank you, Father, for helping me quit smoking. Thank you, Father. I'm going to try. I'm going to go get the patches tomorrow, Father, I promise. Help me to quit smoking, Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever. I'm just picking on smoking, but there's plenty of things that people have in their hearts that do not belong there, in their behaviors. They're angry people. They're frustrated people. we got to let all that go. We got to let it go. We got to be like Jesus. We got to be full of the love of Christ for everybody around us, especially our fellow brothers and sisters. The people that are on Facebook, Christians that are arguing with one another, and, you know, they basically listening to them talk is like watching a bad rerun of the Three Stooges. They're like, anyway. So anyway, let's move on. I did want to get as much as that out, of that out because that is very well done with lots and lots of headlines and history to back it all as well. Praise God. Next one up. United States to send seized Iranian weapons ammunition to the Ukraine. So basically, I don't know if you've seen the image, imagery. I have. And it's a lot. Now, granted, the imagery could have been some stock AP photo wire or something from Getty Images, so maybe I wasn't even looking at what they got. But evidently, they commandeered um, a remarkable amount of Iran, you know, stolen, commandeered Iranian weapons for war, and they just said, oh, well, let's just send them over to Ukraine. So they gave them all to Ukraine. Of course, that's going to make, you know, it's it's just all the games of war that are in play right now. We're at full-blown war. We, we've talked about this an untold number of times. When you consider the cyber attacks, when you consider all the things that are going on, when you consider the uh, sanctions that are in play, when you consider the uh, reconstruction of the global financial systems for, for the purpose of collapsing the United States and all these other things that are going on, don't even get me going on the satanic things that are happening, 
which are forget it that's 15 shows back to back i mean the lgbt element of peace stuff the black lives matter the murders in the streets the buildings that are burned down all this stuff funded by you know gmo uh, you know uh, uh, not gmos uh, uh, you know government organizations uh, mgos all this stuff is come on and then they're calling you know maga people domestic terrorists and you know what when you look at what's happened in the last five years not one one i repeat myself not one trump follower or organization that follows trump has done one thing wrong not one. And if you say, oh, but what about the Proud Boys? And so you are, I'm sorry, Matt, deeply, deeply deceived by a false flag. They took a, a young man, how sad, who did a couple of memes on Facebook to denigrate uh, Hillary Clinton, and they gave him a 10-year prison sentence. Okay. So anyway, let's go ahead and move on into the news uh, a little bit more. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. And we'll wrap it up and bring on Brother Zen and Sister Joy. All right. Praise God. So next up. All right. So the top doomsday events that Americans think will likely occur. 55.8% believe that climate change. And by the way. Okay. So. I would like to know of what percentage of the 55.8% actually believe it's caused by carbon and animals. and Because that will give you a really good litmus test as to how much in danger we are from ignorant humans. People who do not, they, don't, they just don't have the intellectual capacity to tie their shoes. These are the ones that you see wearing double masks inside of cars with all the windows up. And you're thinking to yourself, wow. There aren't even mask mandates, and you're masking up like it's the end of the world with your windows up by yourself in the car. But that, welcome to the, well, anyway, 46.7% say natural disaster of some type. I don't know what that would be. Maybe they're thinking about the Cascadia subduction zone. 36.5% believe it will be some type of a disease. 362 believe that it will be food shortages. Um, 25.3 believe it'll be World War III. Hmm. 25.2 believes that it'll be some type of a nuclear event, which I think you could clump into the same box as World War III, right? 15.2 believe it's going to be an asteroid strike. Well, a lot of them are right, actually, uh, down the road anyways. Um, 14.9 think it's going to be a robotic artificial intelligence takeover, so they're obviously fans of the Predator series. 7.5% believe it's going to be a zombie apocalypse, which is fascinating because there's a lot of data to indicate that that's real. I remember telling uh, Tatiana, who was a big believer in the... I said, look, man, if something as big and horrible as the zombie apocalypse is going to happen, don't you think it would be in the Bible? And she's like, I don't know, but I believe it's going to happen. And I'm like, okay. Then I had to go back and tell her, hey, it looks like you were right. Um, uh, Because it is. All right, 7.2, a UFO alien invasion. And I'm here to tell you, that's 7.2. That's way low, folks. 
It ought to be more like 75% alien invasion. 6.7, a fungus-driven pandemic, which should be clumped into the other one, which is virus and disease. And then 3% say something else. You know, like... uh, I'm not going to say it. It's funny what I was thinking, but I'm not going to say it. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next up is an audio bite that was sent to me about some of the sky trumpets that are going on. Now, I'm not going to play the whole bite because it's a collage. But, boy, I want you to hear this first one. And, oh, by the way, at the bottom of this particular video, they have put Revelation 8.2 at the bottom of it. And they say, and I saw seven angels who were stand before God and who gave them, uh, you know, uh, they, they were all given seven trumpets. So these people, these people are listening to these sounds and they're like thinking, this is great. Praise the Lord. These are the Lord's angels playing the trumpets. And I'm thinking, okay, you must have been with the people in the car that have the mask on and the windows up. <laughs> like okay whatever but um but listen to this first one it is really ominous praise god so let's go ahead and bring this up all right hold on a second wait 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 here we go Man, that's crazy, man. Judgment trumpet. Judgment trumpet, man. Can you do that noise? I got some smaller ones. These are like the ones we were hearing all the time in uh, 2011, 2012. Everybody's walking around looking in the sky. <laughs> anyway, it goes on and on. But that first one was ominous, man. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so let's go ahead and move on through the rest of the news. Okay, so in this particular report, um, they say that Klaus Schwab admits that his agenda is failing. So let's go ahead and listen to this, and then I'll tell you why it's not the case. All right, but anyway, hold on. Let's go ahead and listen to this. Double-click, scroll down, and we'll listen to the re- at least part of the report. Two years ago, Klaus Schwab openly declared that by the year 2030, the World Economic Forum would have full control over humanity. Of course, Schwab tried to frame this as a positive development for the people of the world. In his psychopathic mind, we the people need to be ruled by the globalist elite for our own good. And he's got a plan for us that involves murdering the vast majority of the world population. And for those who survive the mass extinction events, a grim future awaits of eating bugs and crickets, banning meat and dairy, banning private cars, and 15-minute cities that could be more accurately described as open-air prisons. Unfortunately for Schwab, the plan to lock up humanity by the year 2030 is not going to plan. The people of the world are slowly but surely waking up to the truth about his evil agenda, and Schwab is becoming increasingly terrified of being held to account. The global elite are now acting like cornered rats, and it's our job to make sure they don't escape. Before we dive in, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and join the People's Voice Locals community for uncensored and exclusive news and views. The link is below this video. The World Economic Forum's Agenda 2030 is at risk of failing, according to Klaus Schwab, who has warned his fellow elites that their globalization and depopulation agendas have been exposed and now must be ramped up if they have any hope of succeeding. For this reason, 
What we have seen in the elections, in the United States, in the Brexit vote, this anger of people against globalization and against the elites. If you look what's happening in the United States, particularly, you have this anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. It's demantling the system, and we see certain elements of this now in the new U.S. administration. All right. Now, I'm going to cut it off because I'm going to tie a ribbon on it. The whole time he's talking, he's showing videos of Donald Trump. So really what this is all about is that Trump, because Trump was severing the ties uh, between, you know, separating the United States, uh, you know, and and changing all the trade agreements uh, so that they were fair, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when he did that, it basically broke this globalist umbilical cord that connects interconnects all of the different countries and regions together so that they're able to force the population of the world under their subjugation. So in the process, while Trump probably had no idea at the time that that was a side effect of what he was doing, it was. So when he was breaking NAFTA and, and you know, completely tra- changing the China agreement and, the you know, and NATO agreement with the, the EU and all these other things, when he was breaking those and saying, uh-uh, we ain't doing that no more, ain't doing that no more, no how, what he was inadvertently doing, probably without realizing it, it was breaking the 2030 global elite agenda. How about that? So, of course, he got, you know, the uh, leaders of this filthy baby-killing or satanic organization all in an uproar. But we already know this because we have the whistleblower testimony of one of the leaders of the Club of Rome, and he came out and said the same thing. We did not know that Donald Trump was going to get elected. It was completely cut off of God. And, and, you know, and it's like, now, that's why stay tuned, folks, because things are going to get real bumpy. As a matter of fact, it was uh, Tucker Carlson who came out and said, uh, essentially what he said was 2024 is going to be so bad, it's going to be like hell on earth, buckle up, uh, whatever you think it is going to be, just multiply it times 10 kind of thing. All right, and I think he's right. I think he's right. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Here's Jesse Waters talking about the new FBI mandate to capture, I'm sorry, run dossiers and run files and to go after those evil Trump supporters. Let's pull this up. Live on Fox. He's kind of taking Tucker's place. A big report out of Newsweek says the FBI is targeting Trump voters ahead of the election. The FBI secretly put Trump supporters in a category of extremists that it's going to be tracking ahead of 2024. And classified data obtained by Newsweek shows that Trump supporters are the main target of FBI anti-government investigations, investigations that doubled from 2020 to 2021. FBI assessments on Americans also doubled, and an FBI assessment is about as close to spying on citizens as you can really get without saying it. 
So why are we using counterterrorism techniques that were developed to fight al-Qaeda on us? A senior intel official told Newsweek, we've crossed the Rubicon. Biden's made it clear MAGA Republicans are an existential threat to the country. He's campaigned on it. And the FBI now releases a report that says claims of voter fraud, conspiracies about COVID-19 will spark domestic terrorism. Now, who do you think they're talking about? But the FBI says, we don't play politics. Sure. We'll have more on that tomorrow. Wow. All right. So I spent some time reading that article. We don't have enough time to do it tonight. It is a humongous article. I think it's got like uh, 25 pages. Um, Very, very detailed. Of course, they, you know, make it sound like they're not after the regular person, that they're really after, you know, the uh, what you would refer to as the American militia types. But um, anyway, whatever. We're going to see whatever whatever our Heavenly Father wants to have happen. It's what's going to happen. If he lifts his hands of protection and allows all this evil stuff to hit every single one of us, well, it's going to happen. You know, we are not greater than our master and anything. You know, I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I pray for supernatural and divine and holy protection. I pray for the holy fire of God to protect me constantly. We all should be. We all should be. All right, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, and it, boy, is it spinning forward quickly, eh? I can do a Canadian thing, eh? They're having their their Thanksgiving. I asked uh, Sister Vera up in Canada, and I said, if you can find me a historical article that I can read about why does Canada have, Canada have a Thanksgiving Day at all, I want to know why. You know, I just want to know why. I know why they do it in the United States. I just don't know why Canada doesn't. I'm just curious. All right, praise God. Not that it really matters. I'm just curious. I mean, you know, you shouldn't really have to make up a, you know, if you want to eat turkey and stuff yourself like a porky stays piggies like me, although this year I don't get to because I'm losing weight very rapidly and I'm not going to dork it up. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Exclusive. So here's the report if you want to find it. It's, It's entitled Exclusive. Donald Trump follows target followers targeted by FBI as 2024 electioneers. It is a big article. Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI. Just type that in. Donald Trump, type in Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI Newsweek. You'll get a hit. It's a long read. Buckle up, put your feet up. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're going to love this one. So this is what Hillary Clinton said live on CNN. But what would you expect from a nine-foot-tall Draco reptilian? All right, hold on. Let's go ahead and bring this up. On partisans in both parties in the past, uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm-hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. 
He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. And how do you? All right. So you heard it first <laughs> on CNN. Nine foot tall Draco Raptilian. As a matter of fact, um, hold on a second. Let's pull this up. Here we go. I got to really squint my eyes. All right. Yep, there it is. All right, let's play this. This is Dr. Bill Deagle. Dr. Bill Deagle has an exceptionally sensitive gift of um, discernment. Two very well, prescient examples, because I know we talked about Hillary Clinton, where they basically said now if she votes for the uh, nomination for uh, the 2016 presidency in the Democratic Party, she's got it. Major groups are now coming behind her. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, so he, she, her family are the Rodhams. The Rodhams have been known as high-level satanic ritual abuse, pedophile, flesh-eating Satanists for hundreds and hundreds of years. Hillary Clinton, she was thousands of times more evil than any other individual I've ever met on, in a palpable dark majesty of evil, liquid, satanic Lilith, daughter of Lucifer himself. Wow. Okay? Did you look her in the eye? Yes. I looked in her eye, straight in her eye, Mm -hmm. and what I saw was not a diminutive, you know, relatively short, uh, plainly dressed, but, you know, cold-faced. Her hand was as cold as a wet mackerel, Mm -hmm. and her stare was like looking right into into death. Mm -hmm. But when I looked at her, I could see in the other dimensional plane, uh, not a five foot three or four diminutive female. I saw a fourteen to sixteen foot Draco reptilian monstrosity. Well, how pleasant is that? <clears throat> not very much at all. All right, next one up. Oh, okay. This one I'm going to have to put off and roll forward. Well, I'm looking at the time. Okay, let me go ahead and scroll past that one for right now. Okay, so I'm going to read you part of it. I'm going to play the rest of it on another program. If you want to hear the whole thing, I have already played the audio on this program before. But I know because I'm I'm one of you. I, I'm... Tired when these shows come on. I don't have the umption of my gumption to be able to do three-hour radio shows. No more do them and talk them than to listen to them. I know people get tired. I know people fade away toward the end of the show sometimes. I get it. And if I was you, I would too. <laughs> we're all tired. We're beaten down. We're tired, and we're uh, it, you know the list is uh, it's humongous. Anyway, so I'm going to read this. this. is from somebody who calls herself Chrissy. Um, and anyway, uh, item number one, she says bought and paid for already. Number one, the funds distributed through the CARES Act signed by Donald Trump have already been spent on the Marburg outbreak preparedness. These funds were spent on things such as Marburg PCR tests and quarantine camps in various states that accepted the funding from the federal government. 
One of the conditions for the states that receive the funding from the federal government is to agree to to give up the state's decisions on public health to the federal government during a, a pandemic. Number two. The Marburg provisions of the United States PREP Act enacted in 2005 have already been put into action. Number three, on December 9th of 2020, the Department of Human Health Services, Secretary Alex Azar, included a new notice declaration under the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparation Act, or PREP Act, to provide limited immunity for activities related to countermeasures against Marlberg virus and or the Marlberg disease. Now, limited immunity for activities related to countermeasures. That means that you can go out and shoot the you can shoot the zombies and not go to jail. That's what that means, okay? Because <laughs> what is a countermeasure against a zombie? Okay, whatever. Um, and then um, and you know and it says the declaration is in effect as of November twenty fifth of twenty twenty. Now, granted, these are this is under the assumption that the, the, that the zombie creatures would also have the Marlberg on top of it all, which would really exacerbate the problem. Uh, number four is there is a mandate in the Prep Act to quarantine and test people in the FEMA camps for Marlberg virus and or the Marlberg disease and strip them of all constitutional rights. Now, this is where Precious Chrissy, God bless her, does not understand that we don't have any constitutional rights right now. They're all, it's a fallacy. It's fake. It doesn't exist. All the executive orders have stripped us of them. All the acts have stripped us of them. We are just deceiving ourselves to believe that they even exist at all. All right. And um, some of the courts still play the game. Uh, anyway, I don't have time to get into all that. That's a whole long. But anyway, it says in such a situation, the only rights that people will have will be granted by the CDC. Number five, once the 18 millimeter wave from the 5G towers is transmitted, the Marlberg payloads in the bodies of the injected will begin to leak and cause hemorrhagic fever results that they intend to use as pretext to usher in martial law and open the FEMA camps, which will serve as receiving centers for those experiencing the Marburg symptoms. All right. Praise God. So we are currently sitting at 18 minutes to the hour. I'm not going to play the audio bite of the gentleman whose name is Todd Callender, who was an insider and worked with DISA and DARPA and all those evil agencies, uh, and knows about the 1P36 deletion syndrome. He explains that 1P36 is a disease that is extremely rare, and some people can be born with it, and they have a proclivity to bite flesh. Well, evidently, he says that they use these hydro gels. They're nano hydro gels that are injected with the graphene oxide into the, uh, you know, into our bodies through the Pfizer Moderna vaxes. And then he points to Conplan eight 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 eight. Conplan eight 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 eight. Page two is a military plan to deal with. Yes, you've guessed it. A zombie attack, which, by the way, explains why the CDC and many other major agencies have had zombie preparedness web pages up for, well, over 10 years, I'm pretty sure. 
If you want all the details of what I just shared, please do consider going to www.tribulation-now.org or tribulationnow.com, no hyphen. And in the upper left-hand corner, the very late, most recent article that I put up, it has all this stuff in it. You'll even see Conplan 8888. You'll see the, or the uh, zombie stuff, all that kind of stuff. You'll see it. And it's troubling. That's why we want to pray together in unison to be counted worthy. Praise God. All right, next one up. NATO website calls for nuclear war preparation. The Western Bloc must be prepared to use tactical nuclear weapons in Europe, former Pentagon official Gregory Weaver has declared. So again, uh, Russia is publishing this article to let everybody out there know that we are provoking them and we are threatening them with the imminent use of tactical nuclear weapons. So that's that's who published this article. Russia did. And the reason why they published it, because they want the whole world to see that um, we're the ones doing the provocation. All right. So I'm going to play this little bit. I don't know how long it goes on for, but I think we got enough time. This is Mark Dice. He's the author of a couple of books. He knows very intimately about the New World Order. He's been a frequent guest on Alex Jones's program. I think we even tried to invite him once. But anyway, I don't remember. But um, he is so Mike Mark. Ah, See if I can talk again here. Pause. Think. Mark Dice is trolling a city council meeting in California. So this is not real, but the city councilmen and women do not know it's not real. Okay? So let's listen to Mr. Dice as he poses as a hyper-woke father to to levy forward a complaint to the city council uh, in regard to his wokeness and how things aren't going his way. All right, here we go. Need a little smile. Hi, thank you, Jimmy Savile. Uh, first of all, I'm glad you're keeping this plexiglass barrier up here to help keep everybody safe from the coronavirus. But sadly, most people are so out of touch with reality that they believe that the only kinds of transgender people there are are men who transition into women and women who transition into men. And I've got news for you. There are over 57 different genders, and one of those genders is no gender or gender non-binary or gender neutral. And in fact, if you don't believe this, you can look up this article on ABC News. These are people who don't identify as either men or women. They use they, them pronouns instead of he or she. And a few years ago, Facebook acknowledged this. They updated their options from the old-fashioned antiquated gender binary, male or female, to 58 different genders. You can read this article from ABC News. And so I'm tired of these people not getting acknowledged and the respect that they deserve. And recently, singer Demi Lovato and Sam Smith came out as gender non-binary, no longer use the pronouns he and she, it's they 
and them. Which brings me to my point. After my wife read this article on uh, NBC News about how a lot of parents are now raising their children as gender non-binary, just try to keep up here, that's neither a boy or a girl, using they, them pronouns, we decided to transition our three-year-old adopted son, Timmy, into a gender non-binary child. But Timmy was still a traditional boy's name, so we changed his name to Baphomet, after the god worshipped by the inner circle of the Knights Templar. And that's when all of the problems started. The Child Daycare Center said that, what do you mean this is not a boy or a girl? It can't be neither. And we said, well, haven't you seen all these videos on TikTok? There's even a lot of gender non-binary teachers that are teaching elementary school. And they said that this was strange and even insinuated that this was child abuse. And I said, well, why do you think the LGBT community expanded the acronym to LGBTQAIP2K+, because there are dozens of different genders and sexual orientations, and the plus means that there are even more than are signified in the acronym. And so I'm tired of having to explain this to everybody. And so now that gender nullification surgery for children is covered by Obamacare, that's what the Health and Human Services Secretary said, we took Baphomet in to get the surgery, and we were denied by three clinics here in San Diego. So we found one in Tijuana that luckily performed the surgery. So I'm tired of hearing this crap that Baphomet is a boy and that these people are still following this antiquated view of the gender. And we're very thankful. We found some books on Amazon for the LGBTQAIPK2 plus children's community, like Jacob's New Dress and Sparkle Boy, which is about Jacob wearing a dress to school, and he's a really cool kid. And so we're very excited to be finding cartoons on the streaming services, like She's Out, it's about a boy who finds a ring that turns him into a transgender superhero. And we think that the Disney um, promoting the cartoons for the transgender LGBTQPA plus me is just fantastic. And we're really looking forward to this. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank oh, you for And he changed his kid's Timmy's name to Baphomet. <laughs> and they were literally looking at each other like, you know, very seriously, uh, trying to take this guy's uh, his uh, stuff in. <laughs> he was telling them that. I, I found that uh, quite creepy at the same time as interesting. All right. Next one up. This man is talking about the CBDC rejection in Nigeria. Nigeria appears to be giving up on its CBDC after endless protests that included burning down banks. This matters because Nigeria was the second CBDC in the world after China. Now imagine if Chinese did not live in a totalitarian police state, they would have given up on theirs. Nigeria, thankfully, does not yet have a China-level police state. I mentioned Nigeria's CBDC disaster in a video a few months ago, but here's a recap from John Fijor at Mises. Essentially, Nigeria introduced a CBDC in late 2022 after a national referendum in which 99% of the citizens voted against it. Keep in mind, Nigeria is, in theory, a democracy. Of course, nobody was using it, so the government forced them to, demonetizing physical cash, effectively canceling it, to force people to instead buy CBDCs from the Central Bank of Nigeria, which was being advised by the IMF and reportedly the infamous World Economic Forum of Eat the Bugs fame. This all sent the middle and upper class into complete chaos as the Central Bank canceled cash 
before the CBDC was fully operational. But it was catastrophic for the poor who make up most of Nigeria's population. Most don't even have a bank account to buy a CBDC. Understandably, they rioted. They burned down bank branches demanding the return of physical cash. The government stalled, aiming to time the cash to the eve of the election to buy votes, but that came and went. And now, seven months after the riots and three and a half months after the election, the supply of new cash still is not even 10% what it was. And so, finally, the Nigerian government is giving up. They even arrested the former governor of the central bank, who remains in custody. The IMF, WEF, and their collaborators at the Federal Reserve and White House are laying low. Fortunately, the Nigerian people don't believe a word their leaders say. They didn't trust the central bank. They didn't trust the government. So they resorted to barter and credit to work around the CBDC starvation plan. Matchsticks, yams, soap were all used as commodity monies. Teachers were paid in food by students' families. Traditional leaders and extended families organized relief and assistance. Now, it's worth noting that this kind of social capital is a lot. All right. So anyway, wampum, okay? Wampum! We're going to trade in wampum. So anyway, that I think I found that to be very interesting. And, and then, of course, you got this headline here that, that reads off of uh, uh, Zero Hedge. Uh, Next 12 months will be the most explosive in the history of the country, according to more, to more than one source. Uh, and, and I think the most outspoken source uh, to this particular claim is Tucker Carlson. Okay, another headline up here. Well, I think we're going to be ending with this one. No, not quite, uh, but almost. General Flynn reports also that in 20, that he believes that 2024, if we have the election at all, will probably be the last election in the United States of Babylon the Great. Another headline reads, Pope Francis, in a Greta Thunberg-style rebuke, lambasts the climate deniers uh, and warns that there is a breaking point coming. I forget who I was talking to. I forget what I, I forget who I was talking to, but I was like, I was like, you know, it, 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 you have to like imagine like a hundred Greta Thunbergs running directly at you, going, "You destroyed my childhood." I wish I could remember the whole analogy that I was <laughs> painting out, but it was pretty funny at the time. Anyway, praise God. Next one up. Kenya closes a school over a mysterious disease outbreak, and they actually had live videos on Twitter of the girls going to their school um, session, and they were all kind of like, they were mobile, but they were like crippled and walking very strangely. It's awful. It's just awful to see it. And um, uh, anyway, so um, they don't know what the disease is. They have no idea. So basically, this article is not only mentioning that problem, but it's also informing the reader that they have medical authorities that are looking feverishly uh, at this. This evidently happened at a place called St. Teresa's Egregi Girls High School in western uh, Kakamiga County, uh, which, uh, you know, evidently is somewhere in Kenya, which is a place that I am not familiar with. All right, the next one up. Timmy Mwangi, that's a different story, right? Washington and Dr. David O'Rourke, that's where he's from. Well, that's where he's head, 
his headquarters is there. So anyway, um, uh, oh, you know who we can ask? The Antichrist, Obama. <laughs> so he'll know everything we need. That's, you know, that's my take, but everybody's got their own opinions. All right, Washington Free Beacon. Biden administration approves construction of border wall, citing acute and immediate need. Isn't that fascinating? So after they've let in, what, a million people? Untold hundreds of thousands, probably, of military-aged Chinese men. And goodness gracious knows who who all what is it? I mean, come on. It is just absolutely mind-shattering. Another report says Trump would accept the House speakership for a short period while the Republicans decide on a permanent replacement. But at the same time, he turns right around and says that he backs wholeheartedly Jim Jordan. Now, the problem that I had with Jim Jordan is Jim Jordan was voting for McCarthy to stay in. So at that point, I quickly moved him over to what I call my dog log. And I don't understand how you can be Jim Jordan and not realize that McCarthy was wearing a Bohemian Grove insignia on his shirt when he was talking at the Lahania incident. Are these folks missing it? Are they? And what would they be voting for him to stay in office for? So anyway, I, you know... Just because somebody uses the name of Jesus or mentions the name of the Lord or prayer or whatever as a uh, as a uh, member of Congress, to me, it doesn't buy them any free tickets. I'm not even going to get into some of the other ones because there's a lot. So what's the what's the deal? I don't know what the deal is, um, but. There's a lot of creepy, weird, untrustworthy things that are going on right now, and we're right in the head of it. So, again, in closing, uh, Trump endorses Jim Jordan as the next House Speaker. Does that mean it's going to happen right away? Well, we don't know. Belarusian leader uh, Lukashenko uh, issues a red-button warning over the things that are going on right now that we've all talked about thus far in the program and what's going on over in the Ukraine. Praise God. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on uh, Brother um, Zen Garcia and Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh. We have, well, two minutes before nine, so they may not even be in the the call-in queue yet, Um, but I will go and look. So let's go ahead and see. And we do have, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know that now that's got to, okay, there we go. We got both Zen and Dr. Joy already connected up. So let's bring them live. All right. Here's Zen and here's Dr. Joy. You guys there? Hey brother. How are you, man? I'm, I'm, I'm tired, man. Are you tired? Aren't we all tired? Haven't we been doing this a long time? (laughs) We have Dr. Joy. Are you there? I'm not getting audio from Dr. Joy. Wonder if she has a mic mute on her side. Hmm. Okay, so that's odd. So Dr. Joy, if you can hear me, we cannot hear you. If you would call back in, we'll bring your mic live right away. And let's see here. All right. I'm just double checking something. Oh, yeah, uh, there I can she hear is. you now. Yeah, apparently yes. my uh, – can you hear me okay? Uh-huh. Apparently my mic was down. Perfect. 
Good, good, good. Yes. What kind of times we're living in right now? My goodness. Right. My goodness. <laughs> I know. I just can't. Yeah, I just the, can't uh, get over all the stuff. I mean, really, the things that we all have talked about for a long time. I mean, really, we. This is what our fiftieth, fifty-fifth show together, and we've been preaching what's happening in the world <laughs> way before this started happening. So. You know, we can look at the headlines today and know that what we were trying to tell people 10 years ago when we all started really promoting the the push to understand that we're living at the end of days and what we're seeing happening, especially in a place like Israel, which we all know has probably the best surveillance system in all the world. They should have been right. very much on top of what, is uh, the best surveillance system in the world. I mean, these people are very brilliant. I mean, your scientists, your Nobel Prize winners, everything is in that area. It's, it's amazing what's come out of Israel and what they're capable of doing. I mean, even from the the particular shield that they have over their country and their capability of uh, war is, is far beyond anything that's as small a country as they are. And to think how this has happened to them I mean, all we can say is that we know that at the end of days we are told that that little piece of property over there is God's land, and everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. Of course, it concerns me that I think that here in the United States that we have not been playing the game like we should have. And, of course, I go back with the research that I've done for years and years and years where, you know, people were against Hitler, but yet you find out that uh, Ford and some of the other companies here in our own country were supporting Hitler. You know, they were they were under uh, uh, undercover and giving money and, and promoting that machine. And when you see the money that, you know, they say, oh, it had nothing to do with what Biden gave to Iran, you have to stand back and say it's a lot of money at the right time. It's also a little bit strange in the push to get someone out of our a representative in our house and things like that to be over what needs to be taken care of in our country and it's kind of crippled our government. Um, just It just seems to me that it all came about much too coordinated. It doesn't seem to be jagged. It seems to be that there were people in the right places and almost like an inside job. And, of course, we all know how Rome fell. It didn't, right. fall, it didn't fall from the outside. It fell from within. So when uh, I started getting calls and emails and everything about pay attention to what's happened in the Middle East, this is just a continuation of what we've always said. We are at the end of days. It says it's going to be like a woman in travail. Wars and rumors of wars. I mean, we've been having the rumors of wars. How many times have we heard anybody proclaim they're going to go to war like really Russia did with Ukraine and then all the stuff with North Korea as well as with China going after Taiwan. And we know that our back door to Mexico is standing wide open. I mean, it's already, I mean, I've seen the numbers of Chinese young people that are in our country. It's not like women and children that's been coming in from China. We're talking about military-age people that are Chinese that are just flooding into our border. And nobody is stopping it. So what we're seeing in Israel under the best surveillance minds that could have had the best setup, uh, you know, look out, look out, America, look out, because we are not go- they're not going to play the game uh, at like they have in the past, where the military people line up with each other. These kind of terrorists are like kamikaze pilots. 
they will go in and do whatever and the thought of being, you know, raped and murdered and killed and your children and everything else. Hamas has no care for their fellow man. Whatever they do, they do it in the name of their God, and they are not Christians, so they don't have the same concept that we have or have had as a as a country. And we've lost that because the United States is no longer the country built on the hand of God. And when all of this starts falling apart, you know that God is allowing it, and the Scripture has warned us it's going to happen, and we, we are living, we're seeing it. Yes, and um, also just to bring up a couple of points that align with your observations, or let's just say that not only do they align, but they add to them, is um, so you've got um, Operation Atlantic Resolve, which has been going on. We know that there's been an executive order that started the the draft. You call it conscription, and it started out with the the reservists, so that is already in effect. We've got massive, massive troop, American troop buildup in Iraq at this time and equipment at this time. It's been going on for over a year. Netanyahu, when he came forward and said that we're doing a declaration of war, said in his speech that this is our 9-11. Hello, Illuminati code words. Hello, Illuminati <laughs> yes, code amen. words. Okay, then you've got, to your point, the Israeli Mossad, who's got the best signal intelligence of any uh, intelligence agency in the entire world. They make our own CIA look like a bunch of lame ducks. Uh, Don't get me going. And I I have the testimony of a woman who is uh, in the IDF and worked with the Mossad, and she said that they could hear a cockroach coming toward the the, uh, walls from, you know, a, a very long distance away. There's no possible way that they could have coordinated this activity without the Mossad standing down and allowing it to happen. Okay, so, and then to add, uh, uh, to tie a ribbon on the package and throw some sprinkles on the cupcake, which sounds mighty good to me being on this this, uh, keto diet for so long. Uh, But anyway, um, so Iran. So they they failed, the entities of, of darkness in the West have failed to provoke Russia into World War III using the Ukraine. Have they not? Yes, they have. We all know. Wait. What if... I, now, re, we all have to remember that Iran is ru- one of Russia's, if not their very best ally. That's right. Arguably, you could say Belarus is the very best ally, but it's followed very closely by Iran. Most people don't realize that virtually all the drones that were used in the beginning of the um, denazification of the Ukraine, when that started in February of last year, almost all those drones were made 100% by Iran. Iran right. and Russia have packs. They got packs, okay, where they support one another. So Netanyahu's come out and his gaggle of elitist friends and have said, this is Iran's fault. Iran is to blame. Hezbollah's already attacking from Lebanon. So, and then there's this all-hands call for all Muslims to join in. So you got people celebrating from Oman, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. They're all going, whoop-de-doo, let's go get them. So the whole beehive has been stirred up, and they're all, and, and of course the West is pointing right at Iran which, of course, would be a direct assault against a very close ally of Russia. So it almost exactly. feels like 
flanking maneuver to tr- to to lure Russia and Iran and others into a what you would call a hot war. I don't know, but that's what a lot of people are saying out there right now. Well, Russia is the one that was funding the the nuclear war capability of that country. I mean, they were the ones that were supplying what they needed all the time. And, you know, uh, Netanyahu was always saying if they got that bomb and they got it ready to go, that they were going to go after them. I mean, it's, it's, they, they were very straightforward. So they did not want them to have that nuclear capability. And Russia, of course, has been funding that program with them, uh, with Iran, for forever. So you know that that capability is there and that they are very aware that once that establishes itself and it's like it is, that they're going to release that. I mean, we can look at Scripture and know it tells you that there's going to be a nuclear holocaust over there because it says that the tongues will dissolve and and your eyeballs will dissolve in your eye sockets. That is nuclear war. So we know that is coming. Yeah, and in the New Testament it says um, something like the earth will burn with fervent heat and even the elements will melt. Well, the only thing that can melt an element is a fissile reaction of a nuclear detonation. There's nothing else that can scientifically do that. And the very idea that those who penned the Bible, those who penned those words into the Bible, do you think they knew that it took a nuclear bomb to melt elements? (laughs) I don't think so. I think think that, that, you know, when we, we... Right. We have to think about that John the Revelator, when he wrote that on the Isle of Patmos 2,000 years ago, he had to use whatever he could visibly see happening in those visions that he was given about what was going to happen. And he had to use the most innocent terminology that he could to explain it. But the way he explained it is really pretty spot on as to what really happens under those conditions when you are hit with nuclear war. And that's what happens to a human body when it encounters you know, a nuclear bomb. I just think it's interesting. I've always said I thought it was interesting even talking about that the last days would be like a woman in travail, that the times would get closer and closer together with greater intensity and the convergence of signs would get to the point of like a woman who's having a baby. It's, I can't think of a better way to carry that information through history and make it more plain. But it's innocent dis- discussion that tells you exactly what's going to happen. And now, you know, we're seeing that capability escalating in that region and it's never been as bad as it is right now so we are on the verge of seeing all these countries the ones that are going to align themselves with the asian bloc against the european bloc and i mean i talked about this in my new book be smart end of days it is literally lining up an asian bloc against uh, uh, for the kings of the east to come across that dried out euphrates river bed that's absolutely been dried up by the good lord and and all the uh you know uh increase in less water and rain in those particular areas. And then you look at what we're looking at as far as who's going to stand with America and the, and the European blocs. I mean, clearly this, it, the, the line is being drawn in the sand. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Zen, Zen, you're up next, of course, but um, I just wanted to add to that. And then, uh, oh, gosh, I'm so tired. I probably just forgot my train of thought. Ah! Um, but anyway, um, I know it's just uh, it's been a long week and uh, it can be too short of a weekend. Let's just put it that way. But, um, you know, it's hard to imagine the 
the impact, the regional impact, Turkey, Erdogan has already been very outspoken. I'm going to be standing with, you know, the the Muslim side of the whole deal. It's hard to imagine what it, what it would be like to go into a what they call a hot war with Iran. But what's fascinating to me, because I was, that's how I was raised as a kid. As a little bitty kid, I was in a church that, you know, had a lot of prophecy going on, a lot of speaking in tongues, a lot of baptism, the Holy Spirit stuff. And so that's how I was raised. To me, going through life without that is, is, is I can't relate to it. I can't, I can't walk into a church that doesn't have that stuff going on and be comfortable. So anyway, that, that aside, the, um, Dr. David O'Rourke from Kenya, and he's a real doctor. He's a real medical doctor. He was practicing uh, medicine in the UK before the Lord called him to do the work that he does down in Africa right now. He, and I have the recording on the on the radio show console. And O'Rourke was given a vision, and the vision was he saw two jets coming from Israel carrying tactical nukes, and firing the tactical nukes into the base of the four Dow nuclear centrifuge facility. And he said, oh, and the fire was historic. It was the largest fire. It was historic, he says in his, in his uh, account of the vision. And I, I've, I've had that for years on, on the Blog Talk Radio Show console. And it looks like we're heading there pretty much gangbusters. I don't know if you're – I think we yes. talked about this before, but they've done the F-35 sorties already to test and see if uh, Iranian and Russian anti-air radar systems were able to see the F-35s, and they didn't. They didn't see the F-35s. Does mm-hmm. uh, Zen? Well, you know, the scriptures and even – with what the Illuminati have put into the protocols, all of it aligns together. Um, Zechariah, you know, the Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling amongst the nations. The whole uh, scenario that was laid out by Albert Pike about the necessity for bringing forth uh, this three world wars as a a pretext to bring forth a one world order um the whole theme of each of those wars and how the separation of Jerusalem to drive uh or the creation of Israel to to drive the muslims and um the zionists and also then the communists and atheists uh, the nihilists against the uh, the Christians, all of that has been written down in all the world's uh, stage. And as you and Dr. Joy pointed out, um, with the whole idea of the, there had to be a stand down in order for this to be allowed to go forward. Uh, and then when you look at, you know, the whole false left-right paradigm and how it doesn't just apply to Republican and Democrats, but when you look at the whole world and especially with uh, the terrorists uh, and the elements as far as the extreme, um, you know, it was even the CIA that funded the creation of the the Taliban uh, through the Pakistani ISI. 
so these kind of things go way, way back. Um, the funding of a, extremism everywhere, uh, it, it, it all finds origin with the secret, covert, the underground, um, the alphabet agencies and and so this kind of thing is always used. The boogie, the boogeyman is uh, allowed to pop up, um, brought out of the closet whenever there's a need. And I think that this is done over and over to drive an agenda. And it also creates more funding for, like, Homeland Security and uh, those kind of things. But without a doubt, you know, like – 9-11 and the things when you look at them in, in a deeper level, there's no way that this could have been done in the manner that is reported by uh, governments and the mainstream media. And, you know, this event in Israel is fresh, and uh, I haven't yet even had chance to look at and to see the details and I don't even know the scenario yet of fully what happened, but definitely um, I feel, you know, there's always something which links um, the the governments of the world, the shadow government, with the, you know, the boogeyman that is pulled out of the, the closet. And that definitely this is an agenda, this push for World War III and the whole thing of how uh, they wanted to bring America to our knees. Uh, this has been discussed for a very long time, and with the debt, the shutdown of government, uh, all of that has been achieved. They didn't even have to, you know, uh, go head-to-head -head with the military. They've destroyed us from the inside out, you know, the barbarians at the gates, uh, they've been working within our own government to bring us to our knees. And certainly we are in a weakened, you know, not even able to finance wars. We're paying all this money. It was a, a billion dollars an hour uh, just to pay down the interest on the day. I mean, it is absolutely insane what they have allowed. There's no way any kind of business or any kind of uh, would be allowed to to go this route, and yet they've allowed our our country to um, build up all of this debt. And it's been done over a very short time. You know, it wasn't even during the uh, the presidency of Clinton that he forced a, a balanced budget. He forced a government shutdown in order that we would balance the budget and not be in debt. But then, you know, since Bush and Obama and on and on, we've now got so much debt that there's no way we can pay it, nor can things go on in the manner that they have. Something is going to be forced uh, to to change. And, of course, we know that all of that was orchestrated it, speaks about a day and a time uh, economic crisis and also how they would bring forth the king despot, uh, which is the Antichrist. So all of this is 
planned, orchestrated to perfection, and people need to understand that and look at it um, in a deeper manner. You have to read not only the the scriptures, but even what the elites say in their own words with their basic, you know, the protocols of how they've laid it out and how they're going to achieve these things and the kind of the new world order that they're going to bring us to, this whole brave new world, the Orwellian 1984, all of that. I mean, it is all in our faith. And people that have been denying and denying and denying for so long, I mean, if if you can't see what's going on now, if you're not forced to really reconsider that there's a spiritual war going on and things are being pushed to where, you know, it's just peace and then comes sudden destruction. We are in a very late hour and the pace of our moving towards the end times, the last times, the great and terrible day of the Lord is accelerating at such a rapid pace. And the scriptures also speak about that, you know, that the days would be shortened. Um, and certainly things are moving so much faster than even, you know, I've ever seen. I mean, we are, um, it, it's like every day something's happening. If it's not some kind of natural disaster, the flooding, I mean, people are dying all over the world from earthquakes and fires and uh, floods and, you know, the the whole weather patterns and systems. Everything's changing in in that regard, and yet you throw on top of that the geopolitical climate and the tensions between nations, uh, the wars, the rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilences, famines, uh, all of that. As the uh, the Most High, as the the Word revealed to the apostles as they wrote down prophetically for you know so long ago it's all right here right now amen yeah to say the least um joy <laughs> take it away well this is uh, this is, time this we is in- yeah this is pretty interesting to me i was looking back at because i knew i'd written a little bit about iran and what was going to happen prophetically and i'm actually going to read you something that i wrote in my beguile series uh eden to armageddon and this is from volume one and i was explaining that the Jewish finance teams actually controlled by Goldman Sachs and the Rothschilds seem to be behind all the changes in the leadership for Libya, Iran, and Syria. And we know, because we've talked about this, that the Zionists are actually the synagogue of Satan and that they've got yeah. the evil plans to control the world. But I said in this that Libya, now under the influence of the Muslim Brotherhood, as well as Syria's Assad regime, is slowly failing. And it will succumb as planned, but it will be Iran who generates prophetic escalation toward Armageddon. Iran is the land known Bibi Persia. And then I went on to, to say that Russia's leaders assisted Iran in obtaining the nuclear f- fuel in 2011. Russia's first announcement came in 2010 about their plans to help Iran fight after they signed a nuclear reduction treaty with the United States. So in other words, Russia was making us look like they were getting rid of their nuclear warheads. 
Russia is downsizing their nuclear arsenal all right, right under the ha- right into the hands of Iran, who's been hoodwinked into eventually using it to attack Israel. Russia did this, in fact, and did, in fact, ship uranium fuel to Iran. And then I said that media took note of the dissension between Obama and Putin at the G20 summit that was held on June the 19th, 2012, in Mexico. And I felt like it was a little strange that America and Russia, you know, have these astronauts living together in the space lab above Earth, but there seems to be these worlds apart on Earth. So it's, it's almost like you, you see that it's a game being played out right in front of our right. face, like a dog and pony show. And I went on to say that on top of all of that, um, old Germany, who started the Iranian plant, now this is, goes on back. The reason that Iran had a plant that got started back in 1975 by guess who? Germany. Completion was said to be put on hold due to difficulties, or it was said to shift the work to some uh, one else later. So Germany's secret Kazarian royalty that rules Britain that we know would not be tied to destroying God's promised land. Hello. Russia conveniently waltzed in with the foundation already laid and completed Iran's nuclear plant for $1 billion. The Bashir plant was more importantly supposed to be manned by Russian specialists who were also trained in nuclear warfare. By August the 28th of 2011, it was nearing completion and in 2012 became a reality. So in other words, the stage was set to have a... a a, a nuclear attack on Israel on the horizon, and it was instigated by Iran with Russia's assistance. And unfortunately, with the reality being set up by the by the British royal serpents behind the scenes years ago. So you know, this is not something to these these events that are happening right now. We can go back and say 1975, Germany was involved in it. We know what the Germans were. We know what Hitler's group was. We know that the British royal family, the Windsors were absolutely Germans. I mean, when you tie it all together, it's like I mentioned earlier. When Germany was doing so many bad atrocities, we had, you know, Ford here in this country and other people that were supporting him and his, uh, really his track to take over the world. And so when you really go back and do the history on this and you're not so caught up in the moment because everybody's like in the moment, like this just happened. But like we said earlier, this just didn't happen. Cats over there are so brilliant. This should never have happened in a country of that great of surveillance. So you know it's inside jobs, and you know that they're working to get the right people in the right places. And then it all escalates, and it it happens so fast that people – uh, panic, and they do really weird things, and people don't go back and know the history is already, you know, like in my stuff and doing the research on this. I can show you. This has been set up. This is how this has all been going and, and filtering itself to get to the point to be able to have a massive war in the Middle East, and it will be the Battle of Armageddon. Everything has been put in place by the right people, but it's unfortunate that it's kind of like in our own country where you see Republican and Democrat. I mean, when you really understand they all come from the same root, when you look at what is the tree of good and evil, it has a root of evil. But yet one part of it looks good and one part of it looks bad. It's the people playing the game use puppets 
to make us think it's this or this or this, and and they're controlling the ball game from, you know, below the the surface and not being, you know, where you can put the finger on them. Thank goodness I was doing this research so long ago that I can put the pieces into place. And when I see things happening on TV, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is direct fulfillment of exactly what I was saying. The fact that Iran is Persia. It. <clears throat> Yep, Iran definitely is Persia, and this is to your point. You know, you just brought up a couple of really, imp- really interesting connecting dot type points regarding how long Russia has been in bed with Iran. So that really kind <laughs> yes. of like exacerbates. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. it exacerbates the the magnitude of the problem. Okay, so my lack of historical understanding of Russia and Iran's uh, intimacy, uh, you know, I raise my hand and say, my bad. I was only aware that they were, you know, sharing, um, you know, that Iran was giving Russia a whole bunch of um, drone equipment, you know, that they were using, but I had no idea they went back that far. That really underscores and amplifies the significance you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, it really it, did. When I when I saw yeah. this happening on TV, I'm like, oh my gosh, this this actually is actually what I said all these years ago. But I mean, because when I first wrote the guy before I came back and did the, the updated version, um, that that thankfully um, Zen was will, willing to do with his his publishing company, you know that that information would have been lost. So thank goodness people can now get my Beguile series, Eden Armageddon, and you can read exactly what I wrote was going to be happening, and it's literally being fulfilled in in our our present moment. This has been an ongoing setup to bring about Armageddon, and it looks like it's these particular people involved, but then when you do the research on it, you know that this has all been planned and set up, and it's all been in the making all these years. I mean, all these years. And yes, John, it's pretty scary because, you know, I wrote about that in 2013. That's been yeah, 10 no, years ago. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I can go back and show you, believe it or not, we had a lot of synergy on stuff that we were writing without even knowing one another. Um, I wrote an article, um, I think it was 2011 Vintage, about... Um, the use of fluoride to uh, destroy our pineal glands. Yes. I don't know what I called the article. I'd have to go hunt it down. But, um, yeah, we had a lot of synergy without even really even knowing each other existed. <laughs> that's right. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it is. That's pretty but that's how it really is. And I got so close in what we did. I mean, he came at what I was researching in, in, in biblical, you know, books and scriptures, and he came from a whole different uh, area and literally, we took and we made it in such a box that you can't get out of it. In other words, if you try to go this direction, Zen can catch you. And if you try to go in my direction, I can get you, put you back in the box <laughs> and say, this is the way it is. There's no escape. This is how it really is. And when you can cover all your bases with this kind of research that we've been doing for so long, you can't go as conspiracy. You can't go, oh, it's just somebody making up a theory. We are showing you the facts. And the facts yeah. don't lie. Yeah, I remember 
Uh, I guess I'm having a little deja vu here, but I remember when you guys first started doing those YouTube videos where you got together in a park or something and you were having conversations about all this stuff. Yeah, I remember watching those. (laughs) I mean, thank goodness we did that. That's right. We've got proof. Zen and I have proof of the years that we've been talking about this. I mean, thank goodness he had the insight to film us and put it on where people have been watching us for, like you say, a long, long time and hearing the research that we've been doing, that it's not something that we were just throwing out there. You're, you're literally seeing the things that Zen and I talked about in those YouTube videos, what, you know, 10, 11 years ago, Zen, longer than that, about 2008 uh, yeah, maybe was one that. of the first ones. Yeah, a long time. And we've taken a lot right. of flags over the years, have we not, Zen? But it's been it's oh, been so wonderful that God gave us this insight so that we could stay the long haul, not not give in, and continue to show that what we've been trying to tell people is past. And you know, confirmation is a wonderful thing. It's just unfortunate. It's a bad thing for humanity and what we're about to go through. Okay. I got to tell you this: you'll get to get it. You'll get a kick out of this. So back while you guys were doing your filming and stuff in that park and stuff, I was putting together an Internet forum for people that were, um, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call them. I don't want to call them members. It wasn't members, but people that were avid followers of the articles that I was writing uh, on the website, right? So we put together an Internet forum. And, oh, my gosh, there was hundreds of people that joined it, like, right away. And so I remember somebody warned me. They said, they said, oh, you don't want to do an Internet forum. The devil's going to get in there. You're going to regret it. You need to talk to Steve Quayle. It'll blow up in your face. And, of course, me, Mr. Bravado, I had to go and do it anyhow. So I got this guy named Thank Darren and did. also Lauren. Oh, I, let me tell you what. It was just, it was like a countdown timer. It started out real good. Everybody was getting along. We had all these topic rooms, and it was great for like about the first four weeks. And then sure enough, the devil got in there, and it all started with this lady. I don't know her name. But she wrote me a letter. She wrote me an email or whatever, and she's bawling her eyes out. Uh, and I'm like, what's the matter? And she's like, I just found out that the devil raped Eve in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and yeah, I was well, like, hello? what? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, it's like you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Well, thank goodness we, you had the, the uh, ability, insight, and technical ability to do what you did in Zen too, and and it's given me an opportunity to you know be able to share the research that God has given me over the numbers of years. You all have the technical backgrounds that I don't possess at all, but it's given me a chance for a platform to be able to get my research out there and to talk about it. And I thank both of you beyond words for what you've done for me. Uh, it's a, a great honor. And I, I just look back at the, the interview that you and I did initially, Dr. Joy, when I came to your the release of your book, uh, Eden, the Knowledge of uh, Good and Evil, 666. We had met at the what, the B. Dalton bookstore um, here in, in Athens. In Athens. 
And, yes. And I interviewed you there. That was seven years ago. Uh, and and that's when Kevin. I first yeah I first asked you about Cain and um, being a child of the wicked one, and that was the the first time you were the first person that I spoke to that confirmed that. And then you know we got together uh, afterwards in the Athens Botanical Garden, and we did the entire series on this when we brought it out and. This has been such, and it's so important because really it is a skeleton key for explaining not only what occurred in the garden, but where we are today with the parable of the wheat and the tares and the goat and the sheep uh, and how the Messiah said, you know, let both grow together till the time of the end and that he would send his angels out to gather the tares uh, for burning the weed for preservation. I mean, this is all so very critical for understanding that indeed the devil does have his own progeny oh. here on the yeah. earth and that they are dedicated to evil. They are the bloodlines that rule the world, that sit on all the thrones uh, and the, you know, the prime ministers and the presidents and the blood yeah. royal. Uh, how they're all from the same family and how the presidents are blood-related. You know, all of that just does not and would not make any sense at all unless you understand this whole theme of the enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And this is something that all of us have covered in so many ways. We've done so many shows together um, and you and I, Dr. Joy, also doing the the Ask Me Anything shows, yes. uh, which we've been doing for so many years now as well. And John and, and I, we did so many shows about this topic and bringing forth, even, you know, with what the name of this uh, ongoing series with the Lucifer Father of Cain um, and how we've been talking about this for so long and how it's connected to so many things. And and I know you've re, uh, received so much email. And as you said, John, with the lady that came to the revelation as to what really occurred in the garden, because it's, you know, the apple and everybody believing it's a, it's a fruit that led to the fall of humanity. You know, how is it that Eve, became pregnant and the punishment, you know, God saying to uh, Satan, I'm going to put enmity between thy seed and her seed, you know, the bloodlines and how Adam would have to work the soil to feed his children. It's, this is completely genetic. It's not just metaphorical. You know, there is a true lineage dedicated to evil. And they are the exactly. ones that are behind the secret societies. They take the blood oath. Uh, they're so insane and crazy. They even abuse their own children. I mean, we don't understand. Um, but when you accept and embrace this as truth, it helps to lock everything into place. Amen. You know, Stan, I was looking back. Do you realize that we did that video in 2006? That's 17 years ago 
when Eden, the knowledge of evil, good, good and evil, came out. So right, we did that right. in yeah, that 2006. Is. That's 17 years ago that you and I did that. It's wow, amazing when you think about it. It doesn't amazing. seem that far back, but wow, yes, that we were discussing right. this, and we're this, seeing this it all come show, to pass. This radio show has only been on the air since, like, July of 2011, which would put it around almost 12 years. Man, I'm feeling That's really right. old, man. I, only got, I hit March, and I'm 62, man. I'm like going, man, Panama's looking real good for retirement right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. We've been doing wow. this. We all been doing this a very, very long time. But you know, the thing about very it is, if people time. are willing to listen to the shows that we do and the shows that we have done, even to go back and listen to what we talked about in the archive, literally the the show that you and I did the very first one there in 2006, that was in the bookstore in Athens. I mean, what we talked about there is still very pertinent to what is happening today. I mean, clearly we were Absolutely. already at the level of this discussion and we're, that we're seeing fulfilled according to prophecy. I mean, it literally is lining up exactly like Scripture says. I know a lot of people should tell me, well, Dr. Joy, I don't understand. You know, it's symbolic, da-da-da. And I'm like, no, what's going to happen is the Bible's been telling the truth the whole time, and science is going to catch up, and then it's just going to roll itself right out. And so, sure enough, science is catching up with what the Bible has told us to be true, and everything that's in there is going to happen just like it says it is. Right. Yeah, I've I've always imagined that we'd all be sitting at the wedding supper, and Jesus would have these little, you know, like you see at weddings where they put, like, these little uh, bags of candy and stuff in it, you know? (laughs) And he'd be like, you know, he's like, okay, who knows the answer uh, as to whether or not, you know, who's the father of Cain? And everybody would be sitting there mumbling around trying to figure it out, and then and Jesus will, like, grab this big bag of Andy's candies and whip it across the room over to Zen and go, you win! <laughs> or you do both, you know? But, I, you know, I, I know, I know. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Okay. You know, hey, well, thank it's you all right. He gave I, us the revelation. He, he gave us there, the revelation. There you I mean, go. the thing about it is that yeah. we've gotten our revelations from research, knowing that he is the Son of God, that he has the capability of saving us. And that has yeah, been right. our whole thing. I mean, everything that we do, everything that we do is from our heart. And it is for the one purpose, to make people wake up and realize that your soul is your greatest asset. You need to have the knowledge so you don't choose unwisely that there is a paradise, there is a hell. We we, we all three want people to choose to follow Jesus Christ and one day be yeah. in paradise with us. That is our number yeah. one focus in what we do. Oh, absolutely. Yes, As a matter of we fact, I remember. Witness. Sorry. I was just saying we were confirming witness for each other so that we could stand for the truth. You know, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses shall the truth be established. And as Dr. Joy said, you know, she came from the King James Bible only uh, to this truth and this revelation. And I incorporated all of the extra biblical texts. And, John, you were definitely confirming witness for all of this. And so we were able to stand together uh, as, you know, confirming witness for one another, which made us stronger and doing the shows together and expounding upon this revelation from the perspective that the Most High had led us to in discernment. 
that's what really anchored and made this profound and allowed others to also embrace it without fear. Because for whatever reason, there was so much animosity, so much uh, just fear for people to accept this as truth. But when they did, it unlocked so much that had been hidden and, uh, and oh, yes, even lost until this day. I, I agree totally. Yeah. I've had people who've really read the research and really get come to the realization of the, the of the seed lines coming out of Eden, and that would be the thing they would tell me. They'd say all this didn't make sense to me, but once I understood that foundation that was laid there in the garden, and you get the fact that there is two lineages that came out of the Garden of Eden, it explains why in the Bible it's so important for who begat, who begat, who begat, who begat. And I can remember as a child right. reading it and thinking, what is all this? So-and-so begat, so-and-so. I mean, why is that there? I mean, it would be like so boring to read. And then when you realize why it's there, then all of a sudden it comes alive and you want to read that. You want to understand what lineages were, why Jesus had right. been born from the lineage he was born and how his blood is able to save us because it was not contaminated by the serpent's seed. But I think that's the thing. If people will just get get away from the thought of a snake, because literally they get this idea it's like a, a rattlesnake or something, and it, it's clearly a serpent. It's a whole different ball game. But if they can get that out of their mind and look at the research of what we're saying, then you understand that what we're fighting against here is something that looks like us, and, and, it, and it's not obvious, and Scripture tells us that. But until you can get that wrapped around in your mind, you, you don't get the understanding of everything from A to Z, like you're talking about, the wheat and the tares. What are the tares? You know, people will say, well, that's just bad right. people. Well, no, it's not bad people because it's handling everything in this world that is connected to Satan. And what did God say? He, had, he was telling him, you know, there's going to be intimacy between your, your seed and the woman's seed. Well, if the woman had right. a seed and it was going to be Abel and the rest of Seth and all the way down, you know, to Jesus, where 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 was where was Satan's? What was going on there? And you know, that's the thing exactly. is that you got to come to the knowledge and wake up and understand the truth so you can get the Bible from A to Z. And then once you do, and people really listen to the research without just going off on a deep end and a tangent, they will come back to me and say, "I never realized." how important this is to understand what happened in that garden. And I always said that a long time yeah. ago. You can never understand the book of Revelation unless you understand what happened in that garden. Well, you know, um, don't forget Dr. Jerry Lee, too. I mean, now he's passed on and gone to heaven, but Jerry Lee was another one. Now, I know you brought him, uh, Dr. Jerry Lee, you brought him on your show, Zan, but he'd come yeah. to the same conclusion as well. That guy used to talk my ear off. If he could get a hold of me at, uh, at 7 p.m. on a Saturday morning, man, it was the whole day. It was shot. Because that guy would go till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You couldn't get the guy to be quiet. He tried to talk me into going up to Edmonds, uh, Edmonton uh, up in uh, Canada to, to hang out with him. I'm like, um, oh, thank you, Dr. Lee and everything. I really appreciate you, but uh, you know, I got a job and a mortgage. <laughs> you know, I can't just take off but um yeah there i mean you know it's amazing when you consider that the the really really deep you know all i did was with you guys 
is I just picked up the pieces of information that you had worked so hard to assemble. And I started, I just took them, you know, um, I don't know if you all are familiar with like, you know, um, uh, software programming code, but they have stuff called 4GL languages, 5GL languages. The principle of that is the same principle of giving a scientific calculator to a kid learning math in ninth grade. You give them a scientific calculator because that's what the Japanese were doing all along. And I remember when I was a kid doing my ninth grade math, how frustrated I, I told the teacher, I said, this isn't fair. The kids in Jap Japan get to use scientific calculators. How come we got to write all of our stuff in the margin of the paper? You know, we're, we're falling behind. And I used to complain about that because they would, they would jump themselves light years ahead because they didn't munge around and dork about worrying about, you know, the, the inconsequential things that were unimportant. They were busy doing calculus equations. Because they treated all the pro, all the prerequisite math as, hey, you got a calculator, why go back and start from scratch? Well, that principle is what I applied to you guys. You guys came along, I learned from you, and then and then I had already been hunting Bible mysteries. That was my thing. I was like, you know, I don't know, I don't know what made me do it, but I hunted Bible mysteries. And especially if it had anything to do with aliens, I really hunted it because I knew that the Lord wanted me to focus on the alien problem. That was a really big deal. So, but the point is this. When I took all the pieces of information that you guys had compiled together, it was the foundational data that I needed to make my arguments for my hypothesis regarding the Bible mysteries that I felt that I had uncovered. But I didn't have the foundational information to confirm it. It was just a feeling. You know what I mean? I feel like this is this uh -huh. and that is that. I feel like the tares have got to be some other kind of a creature and not a human. I feel like this. I feel like that. And then you guys come along and I was like, I was flipping out. I was like having this aha moment. Zen remembers. And in 2011, I was cranking out like a new article every morning, man. <laughs> like I, was, I would like wake up at 3.30 a.m. and I'd be like, there's another article. There's another article. <laughs> Steve Quayle was calling me and saying, can I borrow that article from my next book? Can I have that article over there? And I'm like, yeah, you can have them. I don't care. And then he'd send me books, whatever. I was like, you know, I was starstruck at the time. I you know, I was like, oh, who's this on the phone, Steve Quayle? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, you can have the article. Well, I think it was so hard to find a lot of connecting dots. Yeah. And I think when people started, like yourself, putting out information like that, people were like us who were very much um, trying to find those little, you know, tidbits of information to put the piece of the puzzle together and, and, and formulate the picture for everybody to see. You, you need, I guess because I, you know, my background taught me that whenever I do dissertation or research or whatever, I need documentation to back up what I'm saying. It cannot just always be, well, Dr. Joyce said this. You know, and, and if you read any of my work, you know that I use every kind of book that is imaginable, an article, and I don't make you go to like a special page to find it. I'll say, this article, da-da-da-da, so-and-so wrote it, whatever time. So that if you don't believe me, you can go pull 
and look up that information and look at it for yourself because I want to teach people the truth. I'm not after, you know, fooling myself. I'm not interested in selling a book just for the fun of it. This is serious business to me, and I'm not going to try to influence you in a way that's going to cost you paradise. I want you to gain paradise by what you're reading that I give you, not make you fall and stumble and then not be able to get up and know what direction you need to go in. So. It's, it's real important when I do research is to find people like you, John, who who take it seriously, who's not trying to do news and, 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 you know, fool somebody or sell a bunch of books. It's not about selling the books that's important to me. It's giving you the research and the information. You know, if I just yeah. wanted to sell, sell books, I wouldn't go out and be on radio shows and talk about my research. I'd just say, look, it's in the book. It's in the book. It's in the book. But like Zen and I both know, what he's given us the platform to do is to ask me anything shows that we do once a month. I mean, I get questions from every kind of general that you can, you know, imagine, and and somebody can find out how I feel about something without ever having to read a lot of the stuff that I do. And lots of times, the answers that I give right. are very detailed, you know, on AMA shows. And some of them are so long that I just have to quit because there's so much information. There's no way that I can do it on one show. So we're after saving people by making them realize that they've got to choose Jesus Christ. I mean, we we can't literally save them, but we can take them to the water, give them the information so that they are not blind or not knowledgeable. Just like Scripture says, my my you know my people suffer for lack of knowledge. We are what God is giving people to be able to read the research, know it's true, and then make a wise decision. And so my hope is that you will make a wise decision and not give up your inheritance to paradise. Yeah. You know, I gotta I gotta throw this out there because I think it I think it just kind of puts a little bit of uh, whipped cream on top of our pumpkin latte. But I remember I wrote this article, two articles uh, entitled "The Angel Wars and the Original Sin." Now it was just kind of like my rendition. There's tons and tons of scripture in there to make my point, whatever the point is, but whatever. But I opened up the second article with fuel for thought and said, because think about this. If if people do not have the foundations of information that you two have come up with, at you know, already ingrained into their body of knowledge, they would not be able to answer the vast majority of these questions. There's not a lot of them. There's only about eight or eight or nine. If God really loves us, then why do so many people have to suffer? If God really loves us, so many people have to suffer. Guess what? Why is because it don't have nothing to do with our time on the earth. It's got something, a lot to do with our time before the earth, and therein lies the answer. Another one is, if God really loves us, then why, does it, uh, why doesn't he destroy evil and the devil? That's another one that befuddles. And and you got to understand the devil's on an executive uh, severance package. God's using him to bring in, you know, uh, the, the the you know the the saved. Now and then, um, right. why are some people born into easy lives and other people born into difficult lives? And that that gets in. I have a um, an analogy that I use, but I can't go into it because it takes too long. But it has to do with. It has to do with the election. Zen and I talked about this a long time ago, and, and Zen yeah. referred to it as the election process. But basically, the analogy that I use, I'll give you the short version. People pull up to a liquor store at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's three, three rows, two people in the front, two people 
right behind them and two people in the back. Two people in the back cannot see what's going on. The people in the front have Uzis. They go running into the liquor store, shoot it up, kill everybody, come back with all the money. The people that are sitting in right behind the people in the front, each one of those groups, the driver and the co-driver, the people right behind them, and the people in the very back, they will all have separate sentencing periods in front of the judge. Right. They will not be sentenced together. And so where does the election come in? Get this. The election comes in because the judge will come to the people that were in the backseat of the Pacifica, and he will say to them, you can either go to Metropolitan Ministries for six months every Saturday, or you can dress in orange and pick up trash on the side of I-4, or you can do this, or you can do that. Which do you elect? Which one do you want to elect? So there's a, it's a gift. The election thing is, and I don't know even if that's this that great of an analogy. It may have weaknesses to it, no doubt. But my point was that it kind of explains that the angel, the original angel wars were so much bigger. And even to Zen's point, I remember years ago he had brought up the point to God sitting on the fence and doing nothing is a crime. Yes. You have to. Mm. Yes, it is. Fine. You know what I'm right. saying? And that was that was just mind shattering to me. Um, another one was: uh, Did all of humanity have to redeem itself because of the woman? And, and okay, easy answer there. And then are we? You know, why are we born into sin? How is it possible that we were sinners from birth? That's just another Oregon kind of a you know. Why is mankind so important to God that there are billions? You know, billions of stars in the universe, arguably trillions of life forms, et cetera. And then it says – and then people will say they feel like they have, a, have had a past life or they had lived in the past, but they can't put their finger on it. They feel like, man, I feel like I've lived before. I feel like I've I got like deja vu going on all the time. And then the last one is, um, is there such a thing as reincarnation or is it incarnation in accordance with God's will? I said – if not, how can Jesus have said, John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can receive it? Jesus said that. John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can receive it. Everybody says that John the Baptist was born with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the womb, and that's why he was dancing around and bouncing around and all this other stuff. Later, Jesus comes along and he goes, John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can receive it. So was Elijah, in the spirit of Elijah, incarnated into John the Baptist? That's my question. I don't know. But anyway, well, I, would think I the love the would turn around and tell us that you you only have you know it's only for man to die once, and then the judge. Yes. No, but that's all we've been my take on anything okay. like that. I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But here, check this out. It's it says just what you said. It is the destiny of a man to die once. A man. We are in men and women bodies right now. In Psalm 82, we were minor gods, and we were committed to die like men. See? So when it says it's, it's, it's a song of man to die once and then face judgment, it's talking about those in a man and woman body. 
not the minor gods. Again, these this is this is you know just a way to look at it as a possibility. Um, but you know, it, I just find these concepts amazingly interesting, and I love to explore it. It is true. It is committed to a man to die once and then face judgment. That is a fact. But what about Elijah? He wasn't a man at that time. He was already raptured and in heaven at that time. So I don't know. I don't know. But Jesus was the one who said it. Don't blame me. Blame Jesus. Get get on you and say, hey, Jesus, you know what? You said this in your Bible. You know, you know, John the Baptist is Elijah if you can receive it. So explain it to me, Lord, because he's the one. That <laughs> I'm just the one who tried to figure it out. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, Dr. Joy, did you want to go ahead and close with a prayer? Sure. I, I used to like to leave, you know, leave the show uh, saying the Lord's Prayer, so I'd like for people to just bow their head and just join with me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Praise God. I love, it. I love it when we get on these programs because, you know, we, we're constantly unpacking the unpackable. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I just, you know. The exploration of, you know, we're, we're kind of like the definition of um, the beginning of, you know, where no man has gone before. Kind of like before. the Star Trek. <laughs> 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 Too far. Well, all know. eyes on Iran right now, guys. That's what it seems like. All eyes yeah. on Iran because after they get done skirmishing around Israel and clean up the mess and all that kind of stuff, it sure does look like. Iran's going to be in their um, goggles, so we'll oh, have yes. to wait and see. Yes, yes, it really. Does. I agree totally. And and for what it's worth, Tucker Carlson did did announce publicly on more than one show. He said um, he said that uh, he doesn't believe that there's going to be a 2024 election, and that 2024, the year of 2024, will be one of the most. He, he actually used the term "hell on earth." He something along that line. He said it's going to be way, way worse than people realize. That, that was his act. You know, I didn't quote him exactly, but it's it's a real close quote to what he said. And I thought to yes. myself, "Wow, that's pretty scary," because it's right around the corner. Think about it. You know, we're in I October know. right now. I, I look at October as the harvest season. I love October. It's when the leaves change. It's when the pumpkins come out. I love October. I think it's one of the most beautiful creations, the beautiful, most beautiful month that God has ever created in all of our months. I love it. I just hate that the devil convolutes it into his evilness. That, yes. ugh, I just like that something fears. But it's so beautiful, and then we got, you know, right after October, we got Thanksgiving coming up. I mean, man, I, I don't go shopping much anymore, but I imagine the stores are probably all full of decorations and everything by now. Oh, yes, they are. Are they? Are they? Yeah. Yes. I don't yes. get out. Yeah, if, if if Amazon goes out of business, I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I just love to uh, to explore, like I said, where, where no man or woman, for that matter, has gone before. Praise God. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's always thank exciting. You, and so and the reminiscing, thank you for that. I mean, I actually have a right. better attitude about going to work tomorrow, remembering all this stuff that we did in the past, it just makes it, That's right. I don't know, somehow, you know? Worth you know it. I mean? it, Worth does. it. Yeah. it does. You guys, you guys yeah. juiced up my Energizer Bunny. Praise the Lord. <laughs> good. Right, right. <laughs> good. Good, good. Good. All right. All right. God bless you all. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Zen. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll see you Wednesday night, Lord willing, 7 p.m. God bless you. Thank you for so much for joining us. Thank you. Love you, you, John. Love Love y'all. Bye-bye.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.